Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Happy St. Patrick's Day, friends till the end. Michael Myers Rothman here. So, since today is the big green, and I don't mean the Steve Gutenberg film, and this past January was the 30th anniversary for Leprechaun, I don't know. We thought it'd be fun to unlock our 2021 commentary that's been gathering dust in our Patreon, The Rewind. So, if you plan on celebrating St. Patrick's Day tonight with the old Lep, and you're hankering for a fine friend, consider this a nice little treat, you know? Uh, a nice surprise at the end of the, the, what is it, the Rambo? The Lucky Charms? Whatever. We're here. <laughs> and it's not just me. You got me, Mac, and Vandy on this one. And uh, I don't know, we, we go a little wild. We got a little wild, as uh, Carson used to say. So uh, consider this, again, like a nice little treat, a nice little lucky charm for you and your friends. Is, you know, invite some of your own friends, and then you could have six people over. How about that? That'd be wild. Uh, but yeah, if you like this and you want more of them, and you're thinking, God, this commentary track, what a f- fucking fun time I had with these guys. Uh, well, you can get more of them. We, we have like probably 24 of them uh, locked away in our Patreon uh, www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod, which we cheekily titled The Rewind, not to be confused with The Rental, which is our one-off episodes that are in there. Um, probably should have chosen different names, but hey, shit happens. Uh, anyways, sit back, grab yourself, uh, let's just stay on theme, a bowl of Lucky Charms uh, and maybe some green beer. It's probably really gross, especially if you have milk in there. Um, maybe you switch to Jameson. Yeah, I don't know if that's any better. Anyway, I've talked enough. Start the movie. Enjoy the show. And most importantly, stay lucky. Happy St. Patrick's Day, trick-or-treaters, campers, dreamers, and suspects. You are here in this lavish green and beer-soaked theater, uh, I guess, for another installment of The Isle. Uh, And if you couldn't tell, um, things are a little crazy in here. Uh, It feels like a Joe Dante movie, but it's not a Joe Dante movie uh, that we're going to be watching. No, 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 no. We're going to be watching a film by the great Mark Jones, um, (laughs) who uh, in 1993 uh, made Lucky Charm scary with a a little film of his that he called, and we call, Leprechaun. (laughs) Uh, and I guess today we're going to find out if our luck did run out, uh, because we're going to be talking all about it. We're yes, you know the aisle as we are want to do. We're going to deliver a full feature length commentary, uh, and, and we're not. I'm not alone. And first off, I'm Michael. Uh, what do I call myself here? Michael Myers Rothman. <laughs> Sounded like stepfather for a second there. <laughs> who am I here? Who, who, who uh, am I? Who am I? Uh, and who's that right there? This is Wolfman, uh, Halloween Gerber. <laughs> I got I to gotta delegate, you know, I got to change yeah. the name a little bit for Halloweenies now. It's Wolfman Mac. I am uh, ready to watch Leprechaun. Now, this is my first time oh, wow. watching I... Leprechaun. Somehow I've made it through life, just like Next Generation. I'm not seeing anything. But uh, I will say... Uh, I'm very interested, and I'm a big Warwick Davis fan. And, uh, you know, let's throw, I'll throw Jennifer Aniston in there, too. You know, I, I like Jennifer Aniston. You know, I, 
I'm trying to think of like if I could call myself a Jennifer Aniston fan. I love Office Space. I never. I've only seen one episode well, of Friends. What about Horrible Bosses? Oh, I love the Horrible Bosses movies. I, I like both of them actually. I I, th- I, just, I just love that team. I would I would go all in for a third one actually. <laughs> I wish they could do a crossover of like Horrible Bosses and Leprechaun. That would be a fun movie. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, I'm excited to, to hear your reactions, Mac, as uh, yeah. we talk all over this. Uh, but we have a third. There is another, as the great Yoda said. Um, <laughs> not played by Warwick Davis, uh, who's also in the Star Wars movies. How about that? Oh, boy. Um, yeah. There's a link there. Uh, who's there? This is Mike Italian Stereotype Vanderbilt coming to you live from the South Side, the home of the South Side Irish. Oh. Uh, excited You're to Irish yourself? I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, uh, I am Irish on my mother's side. Mm. Their ma- her maiden name is McGivney. So, I mean, I, I do it to blend in down here. Yeah, yeah, McGivney. That does, yeah, that I seems pure say, Irish. I'm I'm Scotch Irish, and oh. I have um as you know my 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 mother's name is McKenzie. Her maiden name is McKenzie. It's spelled like a last name. So I hail from over there, not necessarily Ireland, but I think Scotland. So. Maybe some problems there, but as as Michael Myers once said, or no, I wasn't Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. It was um, on an episode of "It's Not Scottish, It's Crap." The one contestant said, "Eh, close enough." Mm, close enough. Well, well, oh, uh, man. Mike, what, what if Michael was the first Myers time you saw this? Oh, sorry, sorry. Go, what what sorry, were you going to no, say about Michael ahead. Myers? I, I was just going to say, what if he did talk like in interviews? I know. Like 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 he's playing himself. <laughs> oh Lord! Just that would just kill. The, I mean, I'm surprised at this point in the Halloween series that they don't have him talk. You know, it's been this long. So let him talk. At least well, say a couple be like lines the big here and there. Twist in the next movie. Like why he haven't they speaking? Why haven't they put in put Mike Myers in a Halloween movie? At this they should. Point? You know, he, he could have an axe. Out. Maybe you know? maybe he could play one of the firemen in Halloween Kills. Maybe that's a. That'd be, be cool. a special Easterly. Well, Dana, like comes Carvey's out like, yeah. Dana Carvey's already been in, in, in a Halloween movie. That is, wow, yeah, let's, come let's, on. Let's complete it. Would come you on, consider Halloween 2 like the unsung Wayne's World movie? Because you have Mike Myers and Dana Carvey there. So that's, you know, maybe it's a prequel, you know. Uh, uh, Garth. It's all in Illinois, too, which is this. It's in, oh, and I, I imagine Haddonfield would be too that's far true. away from Aurora. So. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. I, I See, I always pictured Haddonfield way downstate. Yeah. Way south, and Aurora, of course, is way west. And we're also missing another connection here in that we all know that Garth is terrified of the leprechaun. <laughs> One of my favorite bits. Actually, I, I would associate that bit in, I think it's Wayne's World 2 when they do it. I don't think it's the first one. I think it's Wayne's World 2. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's 2. Yeah, I, I, always, I actually think of that before I think of this movie. It's, it's very strange. But Mike, what are your earliest memories with this film? Did you see it in theaters? No, I didn't. But this was definitely in the golden age of when I, for me, golden age of horror. I was been 12 years old, comes out in January, uh, January 8th, 1993, up against nothing, which as yeah. you guys know, working in the media, that this is a traditional horror dumping ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was one, of course, it was made for, uh, this was, I thought this was fascinating. It was made for a million dollars, but grossed over eight. So hey, this thing a hit. was a hit. Uh, and the next week, nothing that week, but a good weekend for genre films to follow week with Children of the Corn 2, The Final <laughs> Sacrifice. Better than the Mat- first one, somehow. Yeah, Matinee, 
Nemesis and Sniper. But the first time I saw it, I, I caught up with it on cable. I don't even mm. think I rented this one because even then I thought it looked kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the title for the, <laughs> the, the the font they used for the poster also. I mean, it looks like the most generic St. Patrick's Day fonts that you would see in like hey, Walgreens hey. or something, you know. I'm going to I'm uh, going to be a leprechaun defender because I haven't oh, seen it. Because so. you haven't seen it. But I haven't I, seen I will, it. I can say that I'm still leprechaun lawyer over by, here. by what could be. Yeah. Well, did you just look, call me the leprechaun lawyer? Yeah, you're the leprechaun <laughs> lawyer. You know, you got the Lincoln lawyer, you got the leprechaun lawyer, and you're going to be like on the hood of a car, like wearing like a St. Patrick's Day hat. Yeah, or something, me you know? and Matthew McConaughey are going to team up in a <laughs> sequel movie that doesn't exist. And maybe Bosch. Yeah, well, hey, around this time, it wouldn't be that unreal to see Matthew McConaughey in a movie like this. So, you know, it could have, it could have been, it could have been. Well, there's um, some connections there, uh, as we'll get into with some of my research that I found out. There's some Matthew McConaughey connections. Ooh, right. interesting. Well, if yeah. I'm the same way, Vanderbilt, I actually saw this, I think I saw the second one. Is this, is the third one in Vegas? I think the third one's Vegas, I think right? the third one's Vegas. Uh, yeah. I will say I will, one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about the series is that, it only got stupider as it went uh-huh. along, but somehow it also got better. Exactly. I was actually going to liken this to what we were discussing with Saw, in that the Saw franchise gets better with the installments, um, and then it also gets worse with the installments, too, but it gets more interesting at the very least. And <laughs> I think with this, it's like the same thing. You get the foundation, they kind of set the rules a little bit, you get the gist. This thing, it, it is billed as a horror comedy, but I think this film does take itself a little too seriously compared to the other ones. I mean... They, they, you know, he goes to the hood, he goes to outer space, he goes to Vegas, which is the first one I think I actually saw because I remember there's a, a lot of body horror in Vegas. And I remember thinking like, I watched it with my stepsister and I remember uh, we were just, there's a scene with one of the characters um, and it involves like inf- inflating some body. And I remember just being like, it was maybe <laughs> two in the morning, we're watching USA and I just turned her and I was like, what the fuck movie are we watching? And I think I backpedaled and went backwards. And then I saw this and it was like, wow, this is so boring compared to the sequels. (laughs) Well, you think more horror franchises would show up in Vegas. Yeah. Only for the for the crew to have an excuse to to go to Vegas, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like Adam Sandler's going on all these vacations, like Let's get uh, you know Jason's taking Manhattan. Let's uh, let's have him, Vegas? uh, show up in Vegas. He just walks through the desert. You can't (laughs) shoot Vegas uh, anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I would say out of all the horror icons, the most I, th- I think the the demon that makes the most sense is the dream demon. You know, like everyone's trying to find their dream in Vegas. Well, so I why think, not Freddy make it happen? I think a huge waste is that we haven't had a Wishmaster film there. Mm. <laughs> yeah, come on, fulfilling it is everybody's strange. wishes. Oh, why man, are we giving away huge. all these great ideas? I don't you know. know. We really should keep them know. ourselves, and uh, you know, maybe we'll make them on this podcast. You know, uh, we'll, we'll make our <laughs> own sequels that didn't happen. That actually would be kind of a fun if we uh, started getting into the uh, the audio drama area. Anyway, look, this is a, a ninety minute f- film. We're going to be totally drunk by the end of this because this is you know a St. Patrick's Day f- uh, f- you know fiesta. I happen to be, um, I'm a Russian. I think you Irish just appropriated Jew. two cultures. I did. I did appropriate two cultures, but it's okay because half of it I'm, I'm allowed to because I am Russian Irish, uh, which I was told growing up that that's a dangerous type. It um, does sound dangerous. Yeah, you know, it's great. But I get the, I like you, Mike, I get the Irish from my mother um, who's adopted, but uh, her, her, she she is certainly Irish. She's a, she's a fighting Irish uh, woman. So uh, love her to death, and I get my fight and spark from her. So, um we're all Irish here. 
We're all going to have fun. This that is means we can talk so time. much shit about oh, those yeah. people. It's oh, yeah. Be great. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't have any potatoes and I don't have any gold. I just have some Irish whiskey, which is my favorite, my, my good old Jameson. So um, my McNulty select. But uh, let's, start, <laughs> let's go over some rules before we start this movie. So yeah. Vanderbilt, you, you wrote down some uh, drinking game rules that we're going to do while we yeah. watch this film. Every, every one of these episodes, we try to do a drinking game to kind of keep the fun moving along and uh, i came up with some rules for the leprechaun drinking game that i think are appropriate uh number one take a shot of jameson whenever you see a bottle of jameson okay number two take a shot of jameson every time the leprechaun comes on to jennifer aniston <laughs> okay number three can't wait <laughs> take a sip take a sip of your whiskey or your beer i would recommend beer every time an irish stereotype is portrayed on screen uh, what are we at? Number four. Yep. Uh, take a sip every time the leprechaun mentions he's gold, or you see the gold. On the, or you there's see an the gold. to that. So yes, yeah, like, I like that. And then uh, the final rule, of course, finish your drink whenever the leprechaun makes a horrible lame pun. Oh yeah, which look, <laughs> you're going to be gone by the end of this <laughs> if you're following every rule. I mean, I think at this point. Whew, what that's five or six almost six rules there's there's no way that you're not going to be on the floor by the 40 minute mark so you know well, maybe honestly, you can watch in the morning listening and to this to listening to this on st patty's day no one's following these rules they're just drinking Mm-mm. straight through <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be a good yeah. time well let's start because i'm excited for a good time it's a it's a nice thursday night it's been a long day and thirsty i'm looking thursday. for a pleasant night so let's get some thirsty thursday going on here um so are you all paused on the Lionsgate logo yes. once the doors open? Yeah. Oh, I'm just on the black right now. Hold on. So it's got, I'm at like the one mark, the one second mark. Right I'm at now. the zero, zero, so zero. Okay. okay. So the, so it's, it's basically as soon as it starts, you'll see if you're watching the same version as us, yeah. a lot we'll of gears, gears moving <laughs> as is the Lionsgate logo begins. So yeah, okay. I'm at zero, zero then as well. All right. Well, then I am going to start at zero zero two, and let's go for it. You know, let's let's do the countdown. All right. Um, is there any number that we associate with St. Patrick's Day? I don't think so. Right? No. Okay. No, I can't think of one. Well, let's we'll do. Let's just count down from <laughs> Lucky three. Lucky number seven. Okay? I think three works. It's seven. Yeah, actually, that's a good one, Mac. There you go. So we're going to count down from seven, and then you're going to push play. Okay. In seven, six, five, four, three. Two, one, hit play. And there you have it. The gear shifting. The Lionsgate logo. Now, of course, this movie was not originally released by Lionsgate. It was released by Trimark Pictures. And I have some history on them because I think Trimark. Because it it ties into some Halloween-y stuff. So Trimark has its roots in Vidmark Entertainment. Vidmark was founded by Mark Amin and initially was into just film distribution and licensing. Vidmark got its start in production with a movie called Demon Warp, which was produced by Richard L. Albert. Albert was a regular collaborator collaborator with uh, Menaheim Golan of Canon Films. He uh, helped him well, take, a, take a drink. Oh, there we go. Already. Uh, <laughs> and how to pre-sell his films and... Albert worked with uh, Film Ventures International, and he worked on campaigns for House and Sorority Row, which we've talked about, uh, uh, Great White Mortuary Pieces, the Great Pieces, and uh, Demon Warp, was, mm-hmm. despite it being shot on 35mm featuring George Kennedy and had a story by John Carl Belcher, of course, of Friday the 13th Part 7, it only cost $250,000 to make, 
And Albert convinced Amin that if the film's budget was limited, listen, see if you can follow this, was limited to the minimum baseline sales that Vidmark could make with any film released on video cassette in the U.S., the picture would be profitable. But the real trick was that the original investors in Vidmark also owned a chain of video stores Jesus. called 2020, so they could accurately predict what the minimum sales would be. Good God. And Demon Warp became a hit. Mark and Min raised money through that, uh, made a public offering of Vidmark, and left and to form Trimark. And in Trimark, the first pickup they made in 1989 was a little film called Warlock. Warlock, which is not too far from Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, take a shot of Jameson. There we go. Uh, classic Jennifer Aniston, a blockbuster star now, but who knew in 1993 when we were all thinking, I can't wait till June so I can see the dinosaurs roam Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, what a weird year. So um, if you're looking at where horror was at at this yeah. point, so this is January of 93, which we talked about earlier is a big dump for horror uh, horror movies. But if you look at 92, so in 1992, you've got... So go back to 1991. They killed off Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a new Friday the 13th movie since Jason Takes Manhattan. We will get mm-hmm. Jason Goes to Hell later in 1993. But every studio was trying to force a new horror icon on audiences. 1992 saw the release of Candyman. Yeah. Dr. Giggles. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, which saw <laughs> Hickok, Anthony Hickox really try to turn Pinhead into the new wisecracking you know, killer of teenagers. And which is never really going to work with Pinhead. No, no, it's 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 the I, even though that's my favorite of the sequels. Uh, I even over think, two, two is fine, but two's so sloppy, two's so Wait, messy. You, you like three more than I? I absolutely adore Hellraiser wow. three. That's pretty wild. Oh, I will wow. say that is wild, Mike. <laughs> you're you're such a contrarian. <laughs> I fuck you guys. It's, <laughs> I like two just fine. Two's better than the first. I don't know. I even I like will, four, but we've discussed that. I, I will say for for ninety two, you know, you get a lot of really wildly ambitious sequels at this time. You know, you, you get you get as you mentioned, you get Hell on Earth, obviously Children of the Corn two, the Final Sacrifice. How could we forget? Um, at but then the really big <laughs> ones that you think about that are really still part of the pop culture lexicon, like Army of Darkness, is a crazy left turn. Like, if you really think about it, like, it, it's still wild to think that the roots are in Evil Dead. And then you also think about Alien 3, which is, I still consider the ballsiest mainstream sequel to ever hit cinema. Um, I love Alien 3. Absolutely. I love Alien 3. It's just great. But it's but then you also get some, like, really kind of inventive horror comedies. I mean, I I will s- stand for pe- the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I love that movie. I actually like it better than the series because I just think it hits the right tones. But... Then you get shit like Sleepwalkers, which, look, go listen to oh, our episode on the Losers Club where Randall and I were just so fucking drunk when we when we recorded that. I'm, that I'm I like so sleepwalk- glad I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it's a slog of a movie and it's just crazy. But I'll like say, I, rem- I remembered enjoying it and we put it on at the bar one night and we were just kind of watching it half acidly and I was like I think I I think I still might like this one because it's so oh, it's silly. It's a fun watch. It's so but silly. It's, it's so. I mean, some of, the, some of the effects and things that happen in that movie are awful. I'll well, always even, remember oh, the kid man. turning into the the weird cat or whatever. Oh yeah, when he's driving when he's driving. Uh, yeah, when he's driving. Yeah, the Iraq or whatever. Reminds me of like Michael Jackson's else. Moonwalker yeah. with like the bunny. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
Well, no, you let me just um, say, uh, sorry, uh, having nope. having not watched this, <laughs> it's already insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that guy came to my house and said I I kidnapped a leprechaun, I feel like you have lost your mind. <laughs> oh wow, typical, got a typical drunk Irishman, right? Here. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention uh, the cinematographer, uh, Levy Isaacs. Uh, you may recognize him from his work on the film Children of the Corn 2. Which is another Trimark movie, right? Yeah. Or no, was it? Um, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. So they kept or it maybe, No, the I take it back. Children of the Corn 3. What was 2? Which one was 2? Two? 2 is the final sacrifice. Yes, 2. Yes, he also worked, he worked <laughs> on Children of the Corn 2. The final sacrifice. And after that, went on to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, which he worked with Matthew McConaughey. So this guy has a a way of yeah. shooting stars before they're stars. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger. Who else uh, hit it big from from this film? Um, I don't know. Let's see. If... <laughs> I guess hit you could big say... is a stretch. Yeah, I mean Mark Douglas Holton at that point. Uh, I feel like he's past his apex mountain. You know, like to borrow from a, you know another podcast, but I feel like he's past his peak because like you have. He's in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 85. Huge formative movie for all of us, I feel. And then he's in the Teen Wolf movies. Both of them. He returned for the sequel. I think he's like really... That and the dad are like really the only link though, right? Or no, no. I guess they get Boof, right? I guess Boof comes back for the sequel. The character of Styles is back, yes? Yeah, but it's... I don't think he's the same Styles though, is he? Um, I don't remember. Must be the WandaVision Styles. I can't remember. I really want to (laughs) rewatch Teen Wolf 2. I'm really curious. Love Teen 2. I think you're right. I think it's a different actor playing Styles, uh, which is strange. But yeah, I don't have... see anyone yeah. on here that hit it well, big. Mark Holton went on to play uh, local boy John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, in a that was. That, I think that's his like biopic. big last thing. Uh, no Days of Our Lives appearances, but he did show up on Young and the Restless for you uh, Halloweenies listeners out there. <laughs> All right. Well, so actually, we get... you know what? I take it back. I take it back. I think he has a pretty good run in the '90s. Like, I, we, granted, we haven't even really gotten to him yet um, in this movie. But you know, if you if you know Mark Holton, or if you saw a photo of Mark Holton, you'd know who Mark Holton is. Basically, he's Francis Buxton in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. His big breakout, other than I guess a, a, a you know Webster, he's in two episodes. <laughs> yeah. But we've got a we've got a couple good uh, character actors in this one that we're gonna that we're going to hit on later. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch. But, I mean, look at his 90s run. He was in MacGyver. He has one of the most depressing parts of A League of Their Own. Um, he's in Seinfeld. Uh, he's in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which, to this day, I can't rewatch because it's uh, very hit or miss. And um, It's pretty hard to watch, yeah. It's hard, uh, especially when you get to Old Jones and you're just like, I don't want this to be. <laughs> Old Jones is not in the version. Thank gosh. That's the one. That's the one Lucas edit that I'm like, good job. Like, you know, I kind of dug it. I think because so did I. To me, to me, it felt like it was canon. So like to retcon it now, it just feels kind of like no, like that's not that's not how it's supposed to be. I'll never um, forget. He looks like he looks like um Matlock run through. Like he's like pickled Matlock. You know. Like he always well, no wore that white one, no suit. No one knew that Harrison Ford was going to age wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had um, they known, my I, yeah. know. I know. But I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Mark Jones, who yeah. uh, was the writer and director on Leprechaun. He was a longtime veteran of episodic television. Some of the shows you were mentioning there in the 90s, I'm sure. Uh, and I want to say, if you were to ever doubt Mark Jones' horror credentials, he wrote four. 
Scooby's Laugh Olympics, Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Here we go. And the Scooby and Scrappy Doo Puppy Hour. That's he a personal also, favorite. Yeah, and he also wrote for to bring it back to Halloweenies, the Police Academy animated series. Oh, Lord, here we go. And this is actually this is nothing funny about this. <laughs> this is just great. Uh, he he worked on the early Fox favorite Fox Network favorite Werewolf the series. I don't remember this, and I feel like you guys mentioned this like on multiple episodes. I just do not fucking remember Werewolf at all. It was it only ran for a year. Uh, Jay Blake from Score to Death is a tremendous fan of this one. Okay, uh, Chuck Connors is in it. A lot of great pop music. Mike <laughs> Mike Rothman, you would love this show. I'm sure. There's a Blu-ray out. I think it's bootleg. I don't know what the quality is. Uh, you can find some episodes on YouTube, but they're usually kind of rough uh, VHS dubs. But it's worth checking out if you can find a decent enough copy. I, I you know, I, I like uh, I like getting the old old TV shows that you can't stream anywhere. I think there's a power to that. I don't. Th- I think that's a a rare power that you don't get to have anymore. Indeed. You know, like like I think of um, like I have a DVD set for the Norm Show. It's not streaming anywhere, at least to my knowledge. <laughs> I don't think it is. And I and it's it's makes the DVD set kind of you know has some has some value there. You know, I can't get it anywhere else. I got to pull the DVDs out. But um, ten years well, later. Ten wow. years later. How about that? Hey, you know, so it makes that the opening in 1983. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the same year that Return no, of the, the Jedi. The same year Return birth. of the Jedi came out. That's right, the year of the Jedi. So I don't know who keeps looking at like vintage toys on our fucking Halloweenies Instagram account, but like every time I log in and I look through like Discover, it's like vintage toy after vintage toy, and I see like <laughs> images of like what it was like to have been able to go to a toy store and see like all the toys from Return of the Jedi, and I fucking get so jealous. Like the the earliest memory I have of going to a toy store is like buying real Ghostbusters figures. I I can't even imagine walking into a toy store and seeing. All the all the Star Wars figures, you know. But to be fair, you would have taken it. You, you wouldn't even. You would have taken it for granted back then. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm sure. Just just enjoy enjoy the images now. That's what I have to tell. Oh, myself. I do. It, I, it's I, how I am. Like when I watch 70s movies and 60s movies. <laughs> I can't. I just can't go back there. But I suppose I can hide out in my in my rumpus room and just pretend that I'm there. Yeah. Well, you have all the figures yeah, there still. She, there so. she is. There she is. <laughs> now, if you had to, I, I don't know friends well. I know the names okay. of the characters. I think. But if you had to rank the cast of Friends, who's at the top? Uh, what are we discussing? Hotness, Stone Cold Foxes. I just think in general, just like the ca- as, like as characters, the- who's at the top? Well, I, not as characters. I don't really care about the show, but I guess like in terms of like talent, maybe. <laughs> okay, like, talent's you- a good yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. All right, that's okay. perfect. Uh, Courtney Oof. Cox, uh, right near the top. You put you put, say- you put Cox over Aniston. I think so. Man, I don't know. Addison's got a lot more range, I think, but she kind of just does the same thing all the time now too. But she's great. She is great in Leprechaun. To be fair, she is great in there. I mean, she's great. She so gives far, it her all. You know, walking in. I believe that she's walking into this house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great outfit I too. Think Perry's good. I, I, you know, I mean, he's had a hard. He's had a rough run of it lately. <laughs> I but. think Perry was great, and he just never could figure out. What to do? No, well, they never gave. I, I don't feel like Hollywood ever gave him a fair shake. I mean, he did like Fools Rush In is actually a pretty good comedy. 
Uh, I mean, I, I saw the opening night. I thought it was great. I thought that this guy was going to be huge. I didn't know who Friends was. I, I thought he was the he was. coolest when I was a kid. I did too. I, I thought he was. I, I thought he was he great. He got pigeonholed. He he's stuck in a lot of, in a lot of comedies, and I mm-hmm. think that he's kind of one of those people that could do the drama. Yeah. But they didn't give. He, they just never really gave him a lot of those kinds of projects. I mean, he yeah. hopped around. To, I, I can't even count how many television series. Oh, I know. It's you know so it seemed sad. like he was always like you know launching a new show every year, yeah. <laughs> which was sad, but. Well, um, I, I want to take a yeah. side note real quick to note that we sure. have the the cool um, uh, older uh, Western uh, Jerry Seinfeld here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the puppy shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Perry got really screwed over with TV because the thing is that you think about like Studio 60. I remember when that first launched. And I thought that this was going to be the biggest fucking show. Like that pilot is great. I was so ready for that I was show. So excited. And then, and then unfortunately, they realized, or didn't realize that <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to have a show that's supposed to be like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Well, I guess it's got a little more meta than it was because it, none of the comedy was very good. It's and I was funny like, because you got to get people in here to write comedy. <laughs> I know. And like, so I I just finished uh, my rewatch of uh, my third rewatch actually of the Larry Sanders show. And I was thinking about that point, Mac, because the the jokes and the bits in that show are so legit and they all come from like actual real comic writers that you believe it. Like you you actually feel like this is a live show that just happened to have another side show that's about the behind the scenes. And I and I do wonder if they like if Aaron Sorkin wasn't just so like adamant on writing everything, if he would have just like kind of relented and realized that he's not a comedy writer and just allowed to s- some guys to come in. I mean if that yeah, show would have worked, I mean, it, I don't know. it's so weird. I, I don't know. I, th- I just remember. <laughs> I love we're talking about Studio Sixty. I know. I know. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Leprechaun while we're talking about a fucking ancient. Uh, nothing's Aaron happening right now. Nothing's happening. No, yeah, look at those arms some, on my man. Men. Look at that fucking hair, though. I mean, That's, are you uh, kidding me? Now, here's another great character actor right here, uh, Ken Olant as Nathan. Uh, to you know, shout out to Justin. It's on. He appeared on Highway to Heaven in 1982. Oh. Also, twenty one jumps. What else Street. has this guy been on? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you two things that you yeah, guys are going to be like. Down it. Oh my fucking god! He's in April Fool's Day. Oh, I actually like that movie. I like oh, the poster yeah. too. But you all have to remember him as the kid who slept all the time in summer school. Ooh, yeah. Is that? Was he in the same classroom that they're watching like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes, he is. He's sleeping okay. through it. Yeah. How can you sleep in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because he strips all night in oh. in summer school. Well, he's a hunk. I mean, look at well, him. Well, they oh, and it's funny. Like, if you search, <laughs> this is a stupid tweet I did years ago. If you search, you can find a lot of pictures of uh, of Ken Olat with no sleeves. There are so many pictures of him with no sleeves. All right, so I have a question on hey, that. If I had arms like that, I'd be uh, why? Yeah, why would you wear sleeves? So, did anyone ever go through like a sleeveless phase? No, I had one sleeveless cheap trick T-shirt that I would wear to the <laughs> beach if I was on vacation. Like and that was that was as much as I could do because I always had bony arms and hairy arms, uh, neither of which are attractive. Yeah. What I about you, Mac? Look great, sleeveless stuff. So I wear it all the time. You're fucking. Uh, especially last year. Uh, no, I. I mean, if I'm like running or something, uh, yeah, sure. If it's hot out, <laughs> that's about it. Though I'm not walking around tank tops. What, what, what am I? Some kind of Adonis like this let, Joker? Let, Adonis, yeah. Do you remember? Do you oh, I was gonna say one build... thing about. I wanted to do a quick aside about tank tops. Every bartender at once in their life has uttered the words, "Keep an eye on that kid in the tank top," at least once. And then here, they're oh, trouble. Here we have a... Why is that? Are they, they're trouble. Oh, there they're he is, trouble. right there. That guy's trouble. 
Oh, what's the name you of know, this by little, the way, the little dude here? The, oh, the well, is. you might recognize him from my favorite movie. What am I? T- I'm, t- I'm not even joking here. Top five movie of all time. He's in no. He's in a. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yes, he is. That's uh, Robert. <laughs> I to say uh, Forever Young. He, he's he is. Oh yeah, Forever too. Forever and, Young. But I love I, that. I love that movie. I like I mean, Forever Mad, Young. It's good. You know, you gotta you gotta forgive it, Mad Mel. But I I do <laughs> I do, do think that movie. Hey, Mad Mel was a hunk at that that time. Here's an interesting bit of trivia about Robert High Gorman's character in this. His name is Alex Murphy, making this a prequel to RoboCop. To oh yeah. So wait, oh, wow. who's Alex Murphy here? <laughs> the little kid, Robert High Gorman. Oh wow! So he's gonna grow up he and grows and up. To he's gonna grow up to be RoboCop. Oh my god. <laughs> So this is actually 1973, like like and the opening <laughs> of of this took place in 1963. Well, he's a 49ers well, fan we'll during do... the early 90s, so you know he's. Our next commentary he's... will be RoboCop, and we'll follow. I hope so. We'll follow the adventures of this child uh, as he gets blown away. <laughs> you know, the irony is that this kid right here probably had RoboCop toys. Like everyone had that fucking RoboCop toy that you'd put the little like gunpowder thing caps. in. And, yeah, the caps. You know what's yeah. sad? I never had it, and I was always really jealous because I would go over to my friend Adams, and he had that, and we could never get the cap thing to work. <laughs> hey, third point. I was jealous of it. I was still jealous. Caps always kind of sucked. They do, because you run out of them, and you're like, where the fuck am I going to go buy caps now for this fucking uh, Kenner Here's figure? a good question for you guys. Did you guys wear L.A. gear? I never Seriously, got L.A. I gear. I had pumps, but though. I don't think I did, no. Oh, you! Had, I, that was another question I had because the kid Alex Murphy is wearing a pair of pumps in this one. Yeah, and I was going to ask if you if you guys actually had the pumps. I had one. Yeah, that was really uh, Reebok. Yes, uh, I or, think so. I th- let me look real quick. Um, pumps were legit, but then LA Gear. Yeah, they had are Reebok. Knock- they had the knockoff, the regulators, which I had. Oh, Stephen King. <laughs> I, uh... King's, Do- <laughs> King's Dominion. Kings Dominion right there. Yeah, I you know it's funny because I, I had a period where, and this would really probably say more about my family than uh, than anything else. But um, I had a period where I could get the pumps, and then I had a period where I would have to get the knockoffs two years later at Payless um, because if I ever wanted uh, <laughs> new yeah. shoes, my mom would uh, take us to Aspen Ice Cream, which was right across the street, and then go, "Oh, you need new shoes? Let's go to Payless." So I'd get like oh, yeah. I don't know, like Power XJ, Ranger shoes or some XJ shit. XJ nine hundred was the uh, Payless in house brand. Oh, really? Yeah. I miss Payless. It was great. You know, I, I, I used to get basketball sneakers I used to beat the shit out of. But anyway. Hey, uh, speaking Leprechaun. of sneakers. <laughs> speaking of sneakers, what? Why is this leprechaun still in this basement <laughs> 10 years later? If he, I if know. He beat, if he killed the person who killed, killed O'Grady, why is he still here? And why is he sleeping like up against some boxes? Like, well, wouldn't he have box. like, made a home here by now? <laughs> like, no, they locked yeah, him in the box. Like, Oh, he's in they the locked box. him in the box, and they put a four-leaf clover on it so you can get out. See, in traditional oh Irish God, I love this folklore, <laughs> the the <laughs> so the, the cross, or I'm sorry, the cross, the the four-leaf clover is a lot like a cross with vampires. I guess at least that's what this movie oh. would lead you to believe. Well, and that keeps him just... in the box. If okay, I'm going to have a lot of questions as we continue. Yeah. But you know what the most okay, impressive okay. part he's about this is? locked in a box, and he's yeah. sleeping. Okay. Oh, there he is. Now, I will say, before you go into that, this is like this is shot really well. He looks creepy here. He's, they keep mm-hmm. him in the dark. You know what I mean? Like, I think as long as they keep him in the dark, it's it's a pretty effective creature makeup. I think he looks pretty pretty freakish. I agree, and you're, you're speaking of the makeup. <laughs> I, think, I think they really creepy. did a really good job of uh, de-aging him for that early segment, much like in Martin Scorsese's film The Irishman. 
Mm, yes, we are Irish, so we might as well be talking about well, it. Well, I would say that they've achieved the scare goal here better than they did trying to scare me <laughs> with the young Robert De Niro in the Irishman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the makeup effects like Mike... are by Gabe Baralos, okay. who did, uh, he uh, cut his teeth doing stuff for Empire Pictures, Dolls, uh, From Beyond, but he also did some pretty good work on... Uh, Spookies, which we've discussed on the podcast. Sometimes they come back. Seems uh, like John Mike... Mc... Oh, sorry. Go for it. No, a Tom McLaughlin film. Fright Night Part 2, I Come in Peace, and notably Friday the 13th Part 6. So he must be mm. a McLaughlin buddy. And he also did yeah. the effects on a friend of mine's short film, Charles Pfeiffer's short Malacostraca, about a, a, a mutant lobster that came out a couple years back. It's worth mm. checking out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I I think the effects are pretty good in this. I mean, I, I, that's not the thing I would hammer down. Actually, you know, in, in mean, terms of so 1993 <laughs> horror movies, clearly this was a cut above the rest because it's, we're still talking about it, you know? Well, this was a golden era for direct-to-video and direct-to-cable horror, yeah. if you look at all the releases. And I think it was that the studios were starting to realize that it wasn't worth it putting this shit out in theaters because you're making all the money on home video. I mean, they've known that for a long time, but I really feel like this was the era where it really, to make a pun, came home. What's the most direct-to-video movie you've seen in theaters? Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good question. I bet you he boiled that, though. Irish always boil their food. (laughs) I don't know why. I guess it's easier to boil things, right? You just get a The Irish cookbook. It's one page. It says boil. Milan. I mean, I would be properly scared of this this guy if he showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you don't expect uh, anything uh, to be in a basement, right? I mean, you do. <laughs> but then no, when you, what do you mean? No, no. That's I mean, no, no, no. That's the one place. You uh, no, no, no. I mean, you be. expect it, but then when you 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 usually like elated that like okay, I was just you know totally oh. in my head. But then if you actually were, if your fears were confirmed, that's truly terrifying. You know. Yeah, that's true. And, and and to your point, though, Mike, earlier, like you were saying that this kind of stood the test of time. I I do agree because, you know, it's not like, well, it's just the same patties. It's just it's just because it's of the gimmick of it that it keeps popping up every year. No, because no. then you have movies like Valentine, which disappeared off the face of the planet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so like there is something to this. Now, granted, there's a lot of sequels that it spawned and some of them are just like iconic sequel <laughs> like you just yeah. never no, they thought are. this would happen kind of thing so like that's probably why as well but uh yeah i mean so far it's it's fun it's been fun you know fun watch so i i i, I guess it's got some staying power right yeah and I, and i think a lot of it also i mean like you were saying like the, the sequels certainly help elevate this into pop culture and especially like leprechaun in the hood is probably one of those like funny <laughs> idea things it's it's interesting that like we laugh more at Leprechaun in the Hood than <laughs> yeah. the fact that like he was in space beforehand. Like, I, I, I do love the fact that they, it's one of those sequels where they didn't make Leprechaun Seven or Leprechaun Six. They made Leprechaun in the Hood mm-hmm. Part Two. Part Two. Yes. Yeah, they, I think that they, is they knew key. where the money was at. Yeah, that is key. The goal, if you will, and pretty amazing for a franchise to. It's like. <laughs> to label it to like 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 they it spawned a, a direct sequel of a sequel 
and they and that's in the title you know what i mean it's not like nightmare on Elm street you know three four and five is like an unofficial no. trilogy you know what i mean like it actually deviates and just becomes its own thing i'm surprised we haven't had a third one yet well, there's a reboot in 2018. Yeah. They did Leprechaun Returns. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which brings back the character of Ozzy here, played by uh, Mark Holton. Yeah. Oh wow. And it's a direct sequel to the first this film. one. Yeah. Because at this point they're like, <laughs> well, we really jumped the gun by having the fourth installment in space, so much so that we went back down to Earth to South Central in the fifth one, stayed there for a little bit. And after exploring his origins, really the only thing we could do is a legacy sequel. <laughs> the producers were like, how can we fuck this timeline up any more than the <laughs> yeah. Halloween films? Yeah, exactly. Apparently. Exactly. You know, I looked at the all eight films. Yes, that's right. Eight films are available on uh, uh, on Apple for like $25. Jesus Christ. I almost just bought it just because I was like, I, maybe I'll just go down this rabbit hole. Um, it's a, I feel like a sequel. To, I, is there not a sequel to the remake as well? I can't keep up with that. No, I think, I the, think there's an, an, a second new movie. Now, whether it's another remake or if it even has anything to do with this franchise, they lumped I'll, it in with those with the movies. I'll tell you what. One thing for Warwick Davis, like I think Freddy Krueger and maybe maybe Candyman uh, are the only two like horror icons I can think of where they really can't be played by anybody mm-hmm. else no uh warwick davis yeah, you know made his debut 10 years prior in return of the jedi as we discussed but between willow in 88 and leprechaun in 93 his career kind of waned he did some television uh he took this one as an opportunity probably not only to do something <laughs> different but for a paycheck and then like he made now you're talking about the eight sequels like they cranked those out one a year yeah after 1993 yeah and it kind of gave him a resurgence because he did the HBO show, Life's Too Short. He showed up on Extra. Love Life's Too Short. Oh, he's so, so he, good uh, Leprechaun, those, yeah. he's one of these guys, like, he kind of, I don't think he minds coming back to do Leprechaun movies because it saved his ass. Well, he didn't come, I mean, he hasn't been back because, you know, he wasn't back for Leprechaun Returns. He wasn't back for the Origins because in the Origins, um, they got, oh, who do they got? I just had the name. Uh, Dylan Hornswoggle Postel. No, no, it's Dylan Hornswoggle Postel. Oh yeah, wasn't he like a? I think he was like I WWE. Say, yeah, it was WWE or something like that. Yeah. I saw listed on the uh, poster. Yeah, no deal. Uh, wasn't Rainbow's was out of clown, control, by the he? way. Uh, no, I'm not sure. No, he he uh he was. Let me look real quick. Well, to be honest, Mike. <laughs> at the yeah at the at this point in his career, I mean he's he's been in every single you know new star wars film as well he has so in the harry potter he's, and he's gearing up to do uh, this willow show i know i so am so fucking set. excited he's for so willow set. out of oh, all man, the things too. that are coming to <laughs> disney plus you you could throw me all these fucking marvel shows and you know hey even if you gave me a solo series i'd be so psyched for it but i'd, be, I'd still would lose sleep over a, a Willow series. Well, I am... you never saw anything else from no, the Willow. No, exactly. Universe. I don't think there was ever any books. No, there were books. There were books. Yeah, okay. there's Shadow Moon. I think is the, the what it's called, and yeah. it's really weird sequel. <laughs> yeah, because um, it, it follows Elora Dan and grown up, and she becomes like this total wretch of a princess and this mm-hmm. really spoiled brat and <laughs> like. It's it's a total deviation. It, to, it goes a totally different route, and I don't think they could have ever made it into a movie. But no. uh, yeah, 
Because, like, Bob Dolman, I mean, he had some wild fucking ideas for that franchise, and it just never came to fruition, and it sucks. I mean, look, Willow's not a perfect movie. It's The third act goes on way too long, but it's still so much fun, and I, I love Willow's Val Kilmer. pretty fucking awesome. I love Willow. I mean, I love it, it but I, I just revisited it, like, a few months ago because Sammy had never seen it. And we were like, man, when does this movie end? Like, <laughs> it just goes on forever. Like, by the time they get to the castle, it just keeps going. You, and you're like, wow, like, okay. Oh, I like, I, everybody complains about Willow being long. I, I'm like, oh, just let me live in this world. I, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. It's fun. Kilmer's great. Kilmer's great. And it has a great I score. The, Is it I Cayman? love the, I don't kicked me in the face. <laughs> and uh, Willow, the Willow line of toys was very weird because they, they were, were like, they were metal and you couldn't mm-hmm. move them. Which no. just seemed like an odd choice, considering all the success that Lucas had had with Kenner in, in the past. You could, and you you'd think that like they would have been able to kind of double back and just redo the sculpts that they had for the original like Return of the Jedi line, or like oh, because like, you know, they Empire. recycled them all for uh, well, Prince, Prince of Thieves. Thieves. Yeah, I've now I've got a I've got a Leprechaun question. Okay. <laughs> If you've ever, sorry, to, I love Prince of Thieves. You know I would talk about I that. I know. I was just waiting for uh, you. I was teeing you off. Uh, I'm going to put a press pause on, on Prince of Thieves and ask you a leprechaun question. Ha, have any of you ever like bit into a gold coin to check if it was gold and why? <laughs> this, not, right, not only I'll why, t- I know why they do it, I think, but why would anyone know to do that? Well, I, how do you know th- that this, it's really in 93? I every time my boss like pays me like either by check or cash, and this is gross. This is something I shouldn't do in COVID times. I always oh, here we go. I, I always bite like the dollar in front of them, like oh, you know, God, make sure Mike. it's real. I know. What are you fucking nuts? That, it's so, funny. First off, that stuff could be like could have been jammed up like a drug dealer's ass. Like you, you have no idea. You're not you turning know? me off right now. Uh, All right. <laughs> well, I, I now I think it's something to do with the consistency. You can fake it, or mm-hmm. if it bends, it's it's not. I think whatever. that's what it is. Yeah. But but what, this Joker did it like he knew that like there's yeah. no way this guy knew <laughs> that to do that with the gold like you've seen that in the movie bro you know <laughs> like yeah well uh, it seems that Nathan Murphy has uh, learned a little bit of uh, the school of Miyagi uh, because he's teaching <laughs> you know oh, Gen- Jennifer Aniston here well, uh, the way you got to do a do a shot here we go there he goes no I thought he was just gonna like tire shoelaces together you know like, <laughs> you know that's so, the thing about this guy's leprechauns. a little rapscallion that's the, in, in traditional Irish folklore they are just mischievous beings yeah that would uh, would have been on point for him do you think that like when uh, Brad Pitt got uh, done filming <laughs> True Romance and you know he's kind of hanging out in, in uh, Los Angeles a little bit, and he like sees this movie. He maybe he, like kind of kicks it with Quentin a little bit because I imagine they, maybe they start they they maybe they uh, stay in touch after True Romance, and they like go see this movie, and, and he's just like, "No, she's a babe," not knowing that like they're gonna have one of the most iconic relationships in like fifteen years. I mean, this is a what good if. question. Uh, he just your your what if. This is how he he he, came he finds out. Yeah. Not not anywhere, not any way else, but because he saw Leprechaun in the theater yeah. with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, and ta- and they saw it at the New Beverly, and and Tarantino had no idea that he was going to buy the New Beverly. So they're like, they're they're like really their future relationships are like sitting there, and <laughs> you know, you know what? I, I gotta say, 
I'm not crazy about the leprechaun. I, I just don't know if we need that much mythology. You know, I, I just think that, <laughs> you know, it, it's better off that you, you, you don't get anything from the leprechaun. And, you know, the leprechaun just needs to be, you know, just, just give me balls to the wall. I want to go back to like, the, you know, the 70s black exploitation, you know, just give me the, give me the blood, you know. Now, that's, Quentin, that's Tarantino talking about leprechaun over pie after seeing it at the New Beverly in 1993. I like this world that you live in. Yeah, I, I, love, yeah, you I know, watch a Tarantino leprechaun flick. Oh my God, I can't even fucking imagine what that would I be I can't like. believe that he never went and did anything just kind of outlandish like that, akin to what he was, they were talking about him doing with the Star Trek, where he just went and did... Like, you know, the, the fourth Puppet Master movie. I know. Or, or that would have been like the sixth or seventh. This, something yeah. stupid because he could. And he would he would want... The, the thing that's funny about him is that, man, talk about, like, a guy has a strict constitution. Because, like, talking to him in back in 2019, you could tell, like... You know, I'm a fucking nobody, right? Like, right. and he wanted to stick around and talk like, like Halloween and Stephen King with me. And, like, so you could tell, like, this guy, like, he loves this shit. But he has, he could do whatever he wants right now, and he's never done like sequels. He's never done like anything other than original stories. I, I that's why I love the guy. Like he he could do anything he fucking wants. He's never bitten to franchises before. I don't know. I that that's why I like him. You know, that's he's his own brand. Like what other filmmaker can I say think, that he's his own brand? Like him. I don't know, but I I think that I could still see him doing you know Leprechaun Eight. <laughs> You know, I think we. I That's think his we, tenth movie. Oh God! It in, would, you know, I, I love Star a joke Trek's that goes song. on too long. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> got to be amazing. You know, he's like, you know what? Uh, oh, look! Oh, go for it. Oh no, I want because I want to talk about this guy, uh, John yeah, Volstead. Familiar to me, John Volstead. Uh, he made his film debut in Jack Hill's Switchblade Sisters, a Tarantino favorite. His oh. Rolling Thunder Pictures released it, and he did a commentary for it on the old Laserdisc. I don't know if it's available on Blu-ray or DVD, but there is a new Switchblade Sisters coming out, so I hope that's included. But he also appears in 1941. Oh, Midnight your favorite. Ma- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me and a lot of the uh, top film critics around town love uh, 1941. Do they really? Mid- or is it, I feel like or I, we've talked about 1941 in this. Maybe it was like the first Friday the 13th episode we talked about 1941, right? I, I'm trying to think how 1941 would have come around. Maybe. But it's also he's also in Midnight Madness, mm. which is uh, Disney's. Uh, you ever seen that one? It's pretty good. Disney's uh, scavenger hunt movie with uh, young Michael J. Fox. Oh, uh, I, man, I would David, love that then. David Naughton's in it, too. I think he's oh. the star of the pepper himself. Then he's Post, post-werewolf? Uh yes. Okay. It's that era where Disney is trying to make sort of adult movies but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily know how to do it. Yeah. But he has stripes, it's... joysticks, which is a classic favorite of mine. And to bring it back to the previous Halloweenies episodes, he was on Space Above and Beyond. Oh, yes. Yes. Hey, Space Above and Beyond. I, I used to used to love that. I used to love anything that had space in it <laughs> when I was a yeah. kid. I was just so like I was da- desperate for that kind of genre. I went to I went to space camp, and uh, did I you was, really? Yeah, I, I did. It was it was great. I think we talked about this before. Yeah, I I was, were you accidentally uh, oh, launched into space? Go. I was waiting for it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, was try I wish. And set it up. <laughs> I wish. You know, Elizabeth Shoe showed up, and I was like, "Hey, you're in the Karate Kid." Um, I have a Danielson action figure. Um, no, I uh, Wait, is she is Elizabeth Shoe in that? I think she's in space camp, right? I think so. I'm not sure. Well, I yeah. think a lot of people are in space camp. 
I so space camp was a lot of fun, Squirtle's except that cats. I didn't realize that when we were doing our mission that we were being recorded, so everyone could take a tape from home. And you know, I come from a a broken home, <laughs> so and I'm a latchkey kid. Brat. And I was, you know, <laughs> I, I used to think of myself as the Jackie Earl Healy, if you know, from Bad News Bears. That's was that was me growing up. You know, it was the pudgy Jackie Earl Healy. I'd come around, I'd save my shit, and I'd walk away, and I'd smoke because I stole cigarettes from my mom. But like at space camp, they have you all lined up at, with like microphones. And they're recording all of it. And I didn't know this. And I'm the pilot. And I like stood up because we were like fucking sitting there for like two hours doing this mission or maybe an hour. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, as a kid, when you're like 15 years old, 12 years old, an hour feels long. So I like stood up and my head slams right into these panels that have like all the buttons. And it just like jabs. It like feels like someone just stabbed my head. And I go, and and I'll never forget. I go, Jesus Christ, motherfucker. And like. And, and 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 everyone was just like, and it, so the counselor pulled me aside. and was like, you know, that was that was a fun time. Everyone had a good time, but you can't you can't curse on there, man. You know, and so no one was you able to bring curse, the tape dude. home. Oh they, my god! <laughs> so I ruined the tape. What a jag off! I know, I know. So that was I was a this bad is, pilot. Uh, this is pretty pretty gruesome. Oh man, the slow motion. Oh, here. the pogo stick. This is oh, ridiculous. Oh. It, it here's the thing about this movie is that it's just. <laughs> One of the reasons I can't count myself as a fan is like I love absurd horror movies. I love stupid mm-hmm. movies. I love silly stuff. But this one just doesn't nail the tone. No, it just doesn't get it right. And I can't put on because they talked about how when they were making it, they wanted initially to be a more serious horror movie. And I don't think it would work that way. I think it would work better if they tried to make it serious and then mm-hmm. it ended up being funny. Yes, because it was so ridiculous. But I will say Warwick Davis is totally worth watching well work seems to be the only one that knows what fucking movie he's in right like I, I maybe jennifer else aniston just, everybody else is just sleepwalking well, through it yeah i mean he said 10 years you know was aniston's first movie you know what i mean yeah. like he's giving his all here you know, like he's the lead and he's young you gotta you forget how young warwick davis is because he's how old was he in jail yeah. Twelve he's, or thirteen? Uh, oh yeah, gosh, he was in really his teens. Young, yeah. He was in his teens for sure. So he's what twenty three in Leprechaun. So he's he was thirteen. Yeah, he was twenty three. Michael Jordan. <laughs> 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 what an illusion! I know. Uh, how how disappointed do you think he was at this point in his career, though? I mean, like he, you know, he goes and does Who, Willow. Jordan or Warwick Davis? No, no, Davis. He goes and does Willow. Willow was his his film before this. Yeah, you know? but it was it was years before this, right? It was yeah, he just kind of hung out I know. doing fantasy television, and well, but yeah, but doesn't he have a family? Doesn't he? Did, I mean, maybe he was like romancing his wife at the time. Here's what he did, had, Mac. But and he yeah, probably no, no, had no. some jet. You figure he probably had a little Star Wars money. Later. Oh, I'm sure he did. But oh, absolutely, uh, I don't. He know. also what? did the two. He did the two TV well, movies as well. He did, but I mean, look, after Return of the Jedi, this is what he fucking does. Okay. He goes and does Caravan of Courage, which I actually think is pretty fun. He he does Battle for Endor, which I I, I think is probably better than uh, Caravan no, of Courage. No. You don't you, you like you like Caravan better? I need to Caravan's revisit him. It's much been forever. Better. Most of the battles just like you know Wilford Brimley and that weird you know creature. Well, <laughs> it's weird. funny, Mac, because yeah. I was when we did the ranking for Star Wars for Consequence. I I originally had myself slated for the Ewoks movies because I loved them as a kid. So I was like, oh, I want to revisit them. And I got pressed for time, so I was like, Caffrey, you like Muppets. So he watched all of them. <laughs> and he went all in on this fucking, on both, just like the two movies, just went crazy with it. 
and I remember reading his entries and just being like, I don't remember anything in this fucking film. Oh, like, I had him on tape, on uh, VHS tapes, but I couldn't tell you anything that happened in those Do We Walk movies. And well, I've been meaning to revisit them for years. Well, we, we I well, mean, they're, we, they're, we, they're, they're fun. I mean, the first one's definitely watchable and fun, but it's, uh, the second one's bold. I mean, they, they kill. I mean, and a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen Battle for Endor. They kill <laughs> they, the entire family they do. in the second one. It's like it's like oh, I guess the first one was kind of a waste saving the mother and Wait, father. Wait, have you ever heard of? I've never seen this before. Return of the Ewok. It's an unreleased mockumentary. Oh yeah, it's a documentary oh, that yeah, he yeah, made yeah. on the set of Return of the Jedi, where he's just walking around. Uh, maybe he's taping some of it, and somebody's taping. It. It's just him as. Wicket kind of hanging out with Harrison Ford and Luke Skywalker. Are you? F- or, or, are there Mark any? Hamill. Is it's, there any way to see this? It's online. You can. Okay, I gotta find. You can find it. You can find it. I think uh, it, that's kind of, that's kind of is that, the, that like the behind the scenes as well? Like yeah, if, but if it's different. Like, oh. How much it, did you guys oh, abuse your making of Star Wars VHS tape when you got it? As a kid? <laughs> I, I used to watch it like every night. I watched like, it a lot. I, I, anything Star Wars, I beat yeah, those VHS tapes. Yeah, I think tapes we had up. taped it off HBO or something, and and I I I remember watching that a whole time. Mac, did, did did Justin have Star Wars figures growing up? Oh yeah, we both did. Really? I, I still like from the original run at home. Yeah, the, 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 uh, for the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because yeah. that was huge when I was born eighty three. Yeah, Justin was like right at the age where he'd be getting all of that stuff, and then. You know, it was all hand-me-downs. Like, you know, once I was old enough, we had, you know, like the... Oh God, I'll post some pictures. But, yeah, we have a ton. I have a ton of those original figures. Not not very intact. <laughs> a lot of them yeah. are, like, missing an arm or this or yeah. that. Or like oh, yeah, they're playing stuff. Some of them yeah. we have, and we have a lot of, like, the, the stuff. You know, I, I would love to go and really deep dive and see how much money I have. You know, weirdly enough, I don't have any leprechaun figures <laughs> well and the thing you say you're joking about that but like the makers of leprechaun went all in on a promotion with the nba and subway and Domino's. wait really but they couldn't get any national like press from Domino's and subway so they got they went with like the franchise but i don't remember their i don't think there were leprechaun toys that came with your your five dollar foot long or whatever no i don't think so but they were yeah, definitely what was the what was the stick I, I I don't know. I I couldn't find anything, but I'm I'm guessing they just promoted it in the store. It is weird to think that there there isn't even a NECA figure for Leprechaun. Hey, right NECA. I mean, it's kind of weird that they don't. I mean, maybe it just doesn't have that much of a devoted fan base. I I mean, it's funny you that we're doing a drinking would. game with this, which we've obviously not done a really good job in charting what the drinking games are. Well, but that's like, on them. That's on the that's on the listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're doing but, a lot of we're doing a lot of important work here. But don't you think that this is this is less of a a film franchise that you know people really have an allegiance to, and more of just like a oh hey it's March let's put Leprechaun on. Well, that was a part of I was you know everything I was in my research was saying that a big part of why it became this like you were talking about earlier, Mac was just because Sci Fi Channel would show it on St. Patty's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was always on. I That's mean, it's true. It, they would do marathons, and it would be like this jumbled marathon like this sometimes I, I feel like two is always the one that was left out it was like one and three you know i don't think it's on p i don't think two is on peacock as a matter i don't even of remember fact. what two is like it's also it also went under the title uh hold on you guys keep talking lucky charms yeah no nope. well, <laughs> I'll, I'll find it well i was gonna say is that you know i've had friends that have like reached out to me 
during Halloween and they, they want to watch like a fun movie and they throw Lepre- Leprechaun out there. And I was like, I don't know. I never saw it. But I think for the uninitiated, for the casual horror fan, it's, it is the kind of movie you see in a list, you know, when you're, when you're going through horror films, mm-hmm. that's very much like, what is this? I've got to see it. Cause you know, it's either going to be awful and I mean, if it's good, great. But there's no way <laughs> that it's probably good. And yeah. so you're probably going to have a good time with it. So and the, the, I think that's uh, why they, Leprechaun, they made so Leprechaun many 2 is also known as One Wedding and Lots of Funerals. <laughs> because of four weddings in, uh, in a funeral? I'm guessing that's what it was riffing on. Mm. And it involves the uh, Leprechaun looking for a bride. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And uh. somehow they did not call it Bride of the Leprechaun. Well, that would have been a jump in the gun to have the second one already have a bride in there. I mean, they gave Chucky like at least I mean, three entries. Like the second Frankenstein. Frankenstein film is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. When did Bride of Frankenstein? Was the second movie? Yeah. Yeah, it was the yeah, second I guess movie. It's, yeah, I guess Frankenstein didn't really. See, uh, but back then, numbers, back then numbers sold. You didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of Return of or Another or... I know. Which I always liked better when titles had one of those. Like Another Nightmare on Elm Street. You know? Greasier. I, uh, love, the, I love the numbers. And, I, and, and I've... I've gone on this podcast multiple times talking about how it drives me nuts that we don't stick to the numbers. Like, like for example, like I, I hate the fact that it's Ghostbusters Afterlife and it's not Ghostbusters three. I spent twenty fucking years, more than that, <laughs> waiting well, here, for fucking Ghostbusters thing, three. Mike. Like, but 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 here's the thing, like in back in the day, like let's let's look at the old Universal monster movies, right? Because yeah. none of those really had had numbers. It was always like Return of or Beware yeah, yeah. of or blah, 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 because they were all very like one-off films. They weren't like, you didn't have to see the first Wolfman to watch, you they know, weren't Frankenstein versus Wolfman or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was very their own thing. And that is fine if you're going to do that. Now, Ghostbusters Afterlife, we know that the cast is coming back for it. So technically, it should be Ghostbusters 3, but they're, they're focusing so much on all the other characters, I think, that... You know, they're, they, because again, this is hard. That sequel is coming so long after those first two films that if you call it Ghostbusters 3, they're worried people aren't going to see it <laughs> because they they actually have to think about the audience that's not probably seen Ghostbusters 1 and 2, which is sad because I feel like everybody should have seen that by now. Yeah. I don't care what age you are, even if you're like one stop, year old. Stop gatekeeping, Mac. That's <laughs> such <laughs> sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I I just to go back though, like I'm genuinely surprised that there isn't any leprechaun figures though. Like I I feel like well let's uh let's 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 do this. Let's make this our charge. Let's I know. Let's, let's make try it happen. to make this happen this year. Let's try to. We're talking about scream, some... but we're gonna make the leprechaun merch happen. Um, for you, the people, the listeners, yeah, because I just, because you've asked for it. We've heard your calls in the night. We're gonna need your help. We're gonna do a tweet when this drops. Retweet. If for NECA to make a leprechaun action figure. Well, I just assume that everything's been done now. I mean, look, we grew up in an era where like horror merchandise was relegated to, you know, screaming model kits, old fashioned model kits that were for the universal monsters and like comic books. Like other than that, like you really didn't get anything else. And then it was the movie maniacs. And then obviously it exploded when NECA took over all the licenses because McFarlane got too obsessed with like movie franchises and (laughs) shit the bed and did all the sports merchandise and stuff like that. But like nowadays, like I go into like, you know, I go into the exchange, which is just like a fucking wasteland of shit that people just throw in there. But like, I'm shocked at how much crap that they have for all these franchises that I'm like, yeah, 
true. I can't fucking believe it. But like, not one single figure for Leprechaun. That that astounds me. Like, we have like thirty different fucking Michael Myers figures from like Halloween twenty eighteen alone, and not one single Warwick Davis Leprechaun. Mike, Maybe he didn't I'm give his license. You, we are willing it into existence. We're we have we're to. gonna get the Leprechaun NECA figure <laughs> within the year. You know, it's so. Do dudes? Does anyone remember? When uh, and I think it was NECA when they did like these dioramas that had like um, basically like uh, scenes oh. from the classic movies that were figures. Like there's like one with like Tommy Jarvis from like Jason Lives Under the Water. It's it, it, they cost like two hundred bucks on eBay right now. But oh man, it was a big up. deal yeah, because know. the heroes were actually made into figures, which was a big no no. Like you didn't really get heroes and heroines. You know, like you so, we still so don't have a Nancy you, Thompson figure. Are you saying? You want to see? I want a diorama uh, figure. Yeah. You want a diorama from Leprechaun? You want to? You want that shot right there where they're in the no, house and, and I, Jennifer Aniston's character's holding the broom? No, I want a I want a diorama figure of Ozzy Jones painting the house. Like, uh, guys, <laughs> there there was a Leprechaun figure. Really? Uh, it looks like it may have been. Is it custom? I, because there are a lot of customs online. It might. Okay, this might be a custom then, but they all look the same. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been like a VHS promo or mm. something. Hmm. I'm I'm doing the research now. Carry on. I'm just I'm just surprised at like I don't know. That there's I'm not like, that there's not one for each fucking movie. Well, yeah. I mean look, out of all the Halloweenies here, I am the biggest like Leprechaun slut fan. for fucking merch. Like I I am an eighties kid through and through. The colors at Burger King and McDonald's got into my head when I was a kid. <laughs> I am I, I'm the easiest I'm the easiest marketable person that you could possibly be out there. I mean, like at 35, I was buying shit for Stranger Things three. So like, give me a break. Like I, it, I'm I'm all in that game, you know. So I'm always going to talk about merch, but like, I don't know. I'm just Leprechaun's a big franchise. There's like fucking six or seven movies. How do you not have a figure for it? I mean, now wait, does, is this kid wearing pumps? Yes, looks, yeah, those, those are, are pumps. I thought they were regulators because they're the same color as the old uh, L.A. Gear regulators. I thought maybe L.A. Gear had a had a hand in Leprechaun, but no, well, those are legit had, pumps. She had uh, L.A. Gear. She did uh, sneakers on earlier. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is no one dusting this house? I'd be like losing my mind, like sneezing left and right in this fucking house. There's like cobwebs everywhere. Oh, cobwebs, like they're dealing with a fucking central. Leprechaun. Yeah, just clean the house, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Oh. You've officially become older. I am. Well, no, I'm not old. This I know, is me you, I I know last year you were buying NECA toys, but now you want to clean houses. And that you was the day. You the problem and clean You know house. for sure that I've been buying NECA toys even last year because we went to go to get, together to get the Marty McFly figure. And that, that was the, that that was the day while watching 1993's Leprechaun that Mike Rothman became an adult. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. I, I, I used to think that I was going to be an adult because I stopped uh, collecting uh, figures. I said I was going to stop collecting figures in like 2008 oh, or something like hey, that. Oh, hey, Mikey, you like his jacket? <laughs> oh, I do like his jacket. I was wearing that the other oh, day hey. uh, while having a cigarette, actually. So how about that? That I wonder if he got that at Target. Did you buy it bucks. from because you wanted to look like this character from this film? I want, well, I wanted to look a lot like a similar <laughs> hunk, uh, Tom Matthews, who we spoke to <laughs> for Jason Lewis. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think he's ripping this from that? you think he was like, I'm the next Tom Matthews motherfucker? <laughs> hey, maybe Mark Jones was thinking that, you know? Um, he was thinking like, look, Ooh. Tom Matthews has got a great look. Ooh, bad. This is, um, you're fucked. So, I love that he's so laughing they said at him. That, they said that there was a bit that might be bears about, so they set the bear trap, and or did mm-hmm. the leprechaun do it? 
Well, the leprechaun is a mischievous uh, cat, <laughs> as we've established from Irish folklore. <laughs> Why you ever seen have... that sequel where they, on the Oof. news where those uh, where they were looking for the leprechaun yeah. down in Atlanta? Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, classic, yeah, classic viral yeah. video. Yeah, with the uh, artist rendering, which will, <laughs> back when like viral videos would be like one a month. Oh yeah. Uh the good old days. Yeah, the good old, the good old days. days. Yeah. It's like I love, 30 I just, day. Okay, that's great. I love the fact that the leprechaun just... I hope he's like biting there, Everybody's there, and he just ran up to I, continue biting this Like, guy. what does he think he's going to do? Like... He, well, he's magical. He doesn't. He's not worried about all these people. He knows he's going to defeat them all. I will his say, magic isn't at his full power until he gets his uh, gold his back. His gold, yeah. Mac, are you even paying attention to this? I will say that, you know, I was mentioning Stranger Things before. That is the same phone that Joyce Byers has in Stranger Things, and uh, she's trying to call to Will. Now, is this a real police station, or do you think no, that they just idiots. were like, is this, what is this? Now, I do want to talk about this gentleman right here, because he's got some genre Oh, man, I love this credits. man. This the is... Stand. The oh, yeah, Doc Soames. The Doc, yeah. Doc, Doc Soames or Holmes? I can't, Doc Soames. Let me see. So we got here William Newman as Sheriff Ray Cronin. Mm. Yeah. He's in Jeff Liebman's When Animals Attack classic Squirm. He's uh, King's Dominion. He shows up in Silver yep. Bullet That's as right. Virgil Cutts. And the He's stand. in uh, that Peter Weir classic, The Mosquito Coast. Oh, we'll turning into a, a, today. Yeah, an Apple TV uh, Plus series. We're going to cover it for the rental uh, in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Serpent and Rainbow, Monkey Shines, and The Craft. All right, let's talk about Serpent and Rainbow for a second. Oof, I think man. it's an overrated movie. You I think it's overrated? Yeah, people fucking love this movie. They think it's like one of Wes Craven's like classic films. I remember well, we saw it at the music box and it was like, oh, one it was of his right. better films. I think it's Wes his- Craven <laughs> maybe only has like, I'd have to really, I, I, I don't know the number, but I think he's very hit or miss. I agree, 100%, Mike. As as a director, but yeah. every decade he, he changes horror, so... Yep. You know, you give him a pass on some of the some of the junk, but I even like his, uh, you know, his adult film that he did under the alias Abe Snake, uh, the Fireworks Woman, is awesome. You've seen that movie? I I have that movie. It's great because it's got it's got all the it is kind of an auteurist vision of an adult film because it's got all the uh, sexual repression that you expect out of a Wes Craven film. I, I just imagine you come home from a shift. <laughs> And you just like put on a fucking porno, and you're just sitting there with a pack of cigarettes, and you just go through like half of them. No, no, because I, I I'm taking notes. Like it's it's yeah. it's a scour it's a scourly. It's like four in the morning endeavor. You're like sitting there with like you know you're like fucking Robert Evans or something like that. <laughs> just sitting there in your viewing room, you know you or or maybe in you're the so, screening room in the yeah. screening room in my in my ascot. Hey, you do have a, a screening room to be fair though. To to go back to your point though, like I actually you know to liken. If you're going to liken Wes Craven to, like, something in pop, I think he's the Aerosmith of horror. You get three fucking great oh, albums hold, per decade. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Hold on. We've got someone calling in. Oh. oh. Who is oh, it? No. Uh, who, who is this on the line? Uh, sorry. Hi. Is, is, is this Mac? Uh, this is Mac. Yes. I'm on. Mac, uh... hi. Mac, hi. This is uh, Mark Jones. <laughs> Mark, oh my gosh, I can't believe that uh, we've got you on. Uh, we're currently watching Leprechaun for our commentary this month. Well, yeah, obviously that was the plan for me to call in for this film. I, I know you weren't going to be watching 
the Kevin Costner film The Highwayman, which I also directed. <laughs> I have yet to see The Highwayman. Well, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to work with Woody. He's a class act, obviously, from the show Cheers. And I'm not sure if you ever saw something called Rumpelstiltskin. I'm not talking about the old fairy tale theater of Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> but the film Rumpelstiltskin. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, the, of, the, of the nursery rhyme. And I was a big fan of working on that film Rumpelstiltskin. Have you seen it? Mark, um, I wanted to ask you a question about Rumpelstiltskin, actually. Oh, uh, now, uh, I've got a really other question to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. All right. <laughs> but go, let, let's hear it. Mike, I, Mike's got a, uh, Vanderbilt's got a question for you, so hold on one second. Did you think Please. it was too much going right into another uh, fantasy horror movie right after Leprechaun by going into the Rumpelstiltskin? Did you think it was too much rolling into Rumpelstiltskin right after Leprechaun? Absolutely not, because of course, as we all know, um, I did Leprechaun I really, and directed, and then the next year I did Leprechaun 2 in 94, I was a little burnt out on, on, on the Leprechaun legend, so I wanted to go to the Rascal Rumpelstiltskin. And, <laughs> the uh, Rascal? It was, it was a pleasure. I'm also, I, I'm also aware, of course, that uh, somebody on the commentary, whose voice I can't hear, is a big fan of the Police Academy TV series, uh, of which I, I, did, I did direct a couple episodes of that. We but, mentioned that earlier, I believe. Uh, Matt, but can I, you ask him if well, uh, Rumpelstiltskin but, 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 poster was referenced as Shining? You have to consider this is a time right after, I believe, Forrest Gump won Best Picture, around the same time English Patient. And it was just a wonderful opportunity to work with Max Grudenchek, who did, of course, play the titular Rumpelstiltskin. Oh. Uh, I, there's a sure. question for you, Mark. Uh, sure. Is the Rumpelstiltskin poster supposed to be a nod to The Shining? No, I wasn't. I, I never. I wasn't familiar with that material, to be honest with you. But we did love it. We, we painted them a little bit purple to get away from the, the greenish glint that used to come from from Warwick's evil eyes as the leprechaun. Oh. And uh, we were really proud of the ad campaign from Stiltskin. Of course, it was uh, when the fairy tale ends, the nightmare begins. We we really dug deep for that in our marketing, and we're really proud of it. And one of my favorite things about the film is that we really we were able to make it into a tight eighty-seven minute product. You know. Whenever you get these horror movies that are two hours long, it's just too long. It's too long. You can't sustain attention. And so making a film in the mid-90s at 87 minutes, and the film, by the way, composed by the great Charles Bernstein, of course, who did the original Nightmare on Elm Street. What a joy. What a joy. And, and, and again, Max Kurdenchik, a class act. You know, now, Mark, uh, we're, we're, coming, we're around, coming around the bend here. We've got maybe maybe 30, 20 minutes left of the but film. So I do uh, want to get one question in for Mark. We're going to have to let you go, I, but we have one more question for you. Uh, just one more. And I, I, I wanted to ask him, did his work on the three Scooby-Doo series yeah. uh, in the early 80s, how did that uh, help him in working within uh, horror, uh, the horror genre? As a director your, and writer. Okay, your work on the three Scooby-Doo series in the, in the 80s, uh, how did that uh, help you uh, with your work in the horror genre? You know, I don't like to look back on the 80s too much, but I, I would like to talk about the cinematographer for Rumpelstiltskin, Douglas Milsom, because um, you mentioned it earlier, but he actually was a former camera operator, and he did work on that movie you talked about, The Shining. Um, so it was a pleasure to work with him. <laughs> I think that he really peaked with our work on Rumpelstiltskin. And he also works on uh, some other films by Stanley Kubrick, such as Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon. But I thought he, he, he gave the film a, a certain uh, pedigree that we wouldn't have otherwise had, you know, of course, despite the presence of young Max Grinchuk. Well, that's all very interesting and wonderful. And hopefully if we'd cover Rumpelstiltskin, we can have you back on to talk more about that film. Well, I hope so because, as you know, the Republic Pictures lost uh, $2.7 million. You know, 
it did cost us three million dollars and we only made about 300k but you know we're, we're still holding out hope that even though it didn't come back around the 10th anniversary 20th anniversary or 25th anniversary we got our fingers crossed for a big resurgence for rebel still skin in 2025 so but i appreciate the time and and again uh, root 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 for rumple stiltskin take care <laughs> thanks mark <laughs> bye everybody I, I really hope when Rumpel Stiltskin comes wow. back, they just call it Rumpel Stiltskin. I do too. You know, like you can like put the date there to really kind of mark it. I'm really looking forward to having Mark back on when we cover Rumpel Stiltskin ultimately later on this year. I really hope that we, you know, all you patrons out there realize that, like, look. When we do these aisles, we don't just kind of sit here and get drunk and talk about movies and make dumb jokes. We get the talent. You know, and sometimes absolutely. And the exception to the rule here is that, you know, we go beyond the grave, and that's a big deal. So, um, <laughs> just know that your Patreon dollars, your Patreon, Patreon, Patreon dollars Patreon are going Patreons. to good. They're going to good re, you know, good reason and good faith. So, you know, if you want Rumpelstiltskin, become a witch. And request Rumpelstiltskin, and we'll have Mark Jones on the entire episode. It'll be great. Hey, you know, I'm really looking forward to NECA's release of the Rumpelstiltskin figure. <laughs> I was going to ask him about that. I was like, why yeah. didn't we get a Rumpelstiltskin figure? I mean, 2025 is not very far away, and I think we can get this going. We've got years ahead of us to, to ramp this up. we got four years. Uh, you know, Rumpelstiltskin is, is a perfect example of the power of horror in a movie th- in a video store. I I can't I, I think of movies now that like are just absolutely vanished. They they just don't exist really because they really their power really was at the video store with the VHS copy and it's very seeing true. that poster, you know? Like I think of like movies like Happy Birthday to Me. We have like a kebab going into like somebody's like face. I remember seeing that and being like, "What the fuck is this movie?" And then it turns out to be like kind of a really great Agatha Christie style uh, murder mystery slasher. But on streaming, doesn't the artwork do the same thing just in a it different does. way. It does. It's just it's just not the same yeah, though. But I, there's like a I distance will say, there. And maybe it's maybe it's just a distribution situation, but there are a lot of VHS that I remember seeing always at yeah. Blockbuster that I can't you can't find anywhere just no. on everyday streaming. Maybe Shutter, but like you just it's just not as available. But I remember seeing like the the Demons 2 cover. You remember mm. that cover? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh and stuff like that. I just I I love that. And like I feel like it's funny because when even when you go to these streaming services now, a lot of the covers change because they, they'll use like the, the the newer art from whatever the, the release right. was like five ten years ago or whatever. So you don't get some of those those really great old. I will say I will say that you know like like Mutilator and stuff like that. Some of those old horror flicks definitely on Prime have the the old VHS box, they which do. I appreciate. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you just don't uh, don't. I think you're right, Mike. I think some of those were just like I was always enamored with some of those, and really like 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 you said, the one with the kebab coming out of the, the, the mouth. Like I would always want to pick that up and rent it, and I, I think we've kind of lost that a little bit. Yeah, Microwave like another... Massacre was one of my first that kind Microwave of Microwave Massacre. It kind of terrified me, and then when I watched the movie, you know, twenty twenty five years later. <laughs> I felt like such a fool. Did you ever see Head of the Family? <laughs> uh, no, that's a full moon release. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the in the in the aisles, and like Cat Blackard and I would always just walk by it, and we'd be like, "Is this the weekend? Do we get Head of the Family?" <laughs> and we never did. I still have never seen it, but like, 
I have to imagine, like you're saying, Mac. Like I doubt that it's on Amazon. Maybe no, I maybe, bet you. I bet you that it is probably is. All Prime the full, has everything. <laughs> all the full moon stuff has been streaming free for a while. I guarantee you, you get ahead of the family see. tonight. Okay, never mind. It is free for Amazon Prime Video, so I could finally watch it. And it's on Tubi <laughs> free, so I take it back. I head of the family is fully available. And uh, again, if you want to become a witch patron and request that we watch Head of the Family, <laughs> um, please do. Um, I wish. Uh, I wish some witch patrons would ask us to do some full moon movies because that oh, is yeah. a area of expertise for me because that's what i was like this era when leprechaun came out that's what i was into those were my marvel comic books was the full moon films i watched the first puppet master uh, a few months ago back in um back in quarantine like we're out of it um and sammy and i were just like is this a porno or is this like uh <laughs> is this a fucking horror movie like i can't really tell and and it doesn't really kind of kick into high gear until like the third act. Cause like in the beginning you're like, okay, so are these puppet masters like good? And then by the third act, you're like, I guess they're still kind of good. I, they're anti heroes. Are these yeah. puppet masters good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> run <laughs> puppet master. Puppets. Run. Are, there, are these puppets? Are these puppets good? Yeah. I love using the title of a movie to describe. I know. Like, I the love villains. I, as, it's as, as, as a person. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Like today, I was just like, "Oh, my favorite character in Entourage is Entourage." Um, <laughs> just... Now, who do you think, if the Leprechaun was on Entourage, who would he, who would it be his buddy? Who, who oh. of the four who would he hang out with? Turtle. I mean, Turtle. Oh, 100%. Turtle. I think I I very yeah. I don't know much about Entourage, and I'm going to say it was probably Turtle. Yeah, because Turtle's <laughs> going to be like in a situation where he's like, "All right, I got to figure out how to do this party." And then Leprechaun's going to appear, and he's going to be like, "I can give you, I can give you the best party in the world if you just say I wish." And well, you're like, again, so a dumb, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity is for the the sequel to the Entourage film to be a Leprechaun crossover. Oh, that'd be amazing! Why wouldn't the Leprechaun would thrive in L.A.? Back back to your point, how has Wishmaster never crossed over with the oh, Leprechaun? Yeah. Oh, you know, today I sent Justin a picture. It was a uh, an artist, and I'll have to look it up real quick so we can plug him. They did, they did a. It was like a, a um, an illustration of uh, the Leprechaun versus the Wishmaster. <laughs> that would have been uh, awesome. It. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Why haven't we gotten that? Full Moon uh, really tried to do all the crossovers, but by the time they were doing that, they were. I mean, Full Moon was always cheap. Like that was Charles Band's thing. Oh, there's a nice uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark reference right there. Mm, yeah, uh, but they by the time they were doing the crossovers, they had they were putting no money into them, and they usually weren't that great. Dollman versus demonic don't, toys. Don't you think that like it's odd, given how much money the Freddy versus Jason made, that we never saw any other versus movies? Like you'd think that they would have capitalized on it, at least in the D, the DTV market, and they never even did that. I think it's just different studios, but I don't understand why anybody wouldn't. As we were just talking about with the the Trimark, the beginnings of Trimark, and with Demon Warp, how it was just the game was making money mm-hmm. and selling with a selling these movies with a great piece of box art or a great ad in Variety before he even started shooting it. And yeah, you'd think like during their mid nineties. When, when did the first Wishmaster come out? 
97 maybe well that's a little I, I want to say it's I want to say it's look, I love the fact yeah, that we've talked about just about every other franchise except during, for Fran- <laughs> during Leprechaun well the, because the thing with Leprechaun that's so interesting is that it like what we were talking about before like it really was part of that rental generation well this you know, feels like, like a direct-to-video movie despite it it going to the theater I can't even imagine watching sitting in theaters and watching this movie and being like seeing like a poster for Jurassic Park and then being like waiting around <laughs> like I would have back when I was little because my fucking parents would have to drop us off and just being like Aww. all right I guess I'll go watch Leprechaun that's why I was asking you before it was like what is the most direct-to-video movie you've seen in theaters like for me probably Deep Rising I think um but <laughs> I, I just rising. can't but that was the era like we just don't get that nowadays you maybe know? Hellraiser 4 like I saw Ooh, that at, you saw at, four in theaters at, at Ford City 14 uh me and my buddy Dan uh we would try to go we would go see a movie a week and I think uh was that at, maybe a year later after we saw from dust till dawn but yeah we went cold ass January night only people in the theater watching Hellraiser 4 bloodline wait did you see from dust till dawn in theaters I did Oh man, I was so excited for it, and it was only playing. It, it was only playing at Ford City Fourteen, which was not our usual theater at that time. But my mom drove us over there after our last day of midterms because it was January, and uh, again, only people in the theater afternoon uh, loved it. Fell in love immediately with that. Film. Oh yeah, well, I, I caught uh, that late at night. Let me night. jump in here. Oh yeah, let me go jump for in it. here with a, with another Leprechaun question. <laughs> If it's you par for the course. If, you, if you take a shotgun and you shoot the leprechaun and he falls over and you think he's dead, do you slowly walk up to him and and check for a sign of life, or do you take the gun and blow his head off? Well, like I guess that's the question. Like, if you blew his head off, doesn't he just regrow it? Because he can, you know, he's ethereal. There's not a lot of the rules. Don't make a lot of sense with what mm. the leprechaun can and can't do. It's kind of a hard villain to kill. Can you imagine if Leprechaun came out today, the uh, modern review, the contemporary reviews, oh, Lord, here we go. going into the, the mythology of the Leprechaun about how none of the rules make sense? I know. You'd have like a Cinema Sins video that's just like, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> you know. And you know, that's I not could, to be fair. Like they're they're actually pretty. The honest trailers would have just been, you know, come out and do their stupid shit. All like, that stuff's funny. I usually use it for pre shows at the Rock Island Public House. Yeah, People they're take fun. That shit they're fun too seriously because I love the red letter media Star Wars stuff. Oh, I but, do too. And, but and I to just be don't fair, they actually have seriously. really great points though in those. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't do that to a movie, but these guys do it and it's pretty fun. Yeah, and then I forget. There's, about there's a place it. for everything in in the in the in every genre. But you there's know? one that I will say there's one thing about Leprechaun that really stood out that I really enjoy, and that's mm-hmm. its score, which I think <laughs> is the right amount of whimsical uh, for this kind of movie. And the score was done by uh, Kevin Kiner, who oh, you know, uh, Kevin Kiner. I was looking this up earlier. He did what, a ton of uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Clone Wars really? and Rebels is where yeah. like, after kind of bouncing around episodic television for years, he found big time success with those. Wow, yeah. he also did the yeah. the Land of the Lost series. He did then, the Stuart Little movie. Yeah, he he had a great career, and then his partner on this one, Robert J. Walsh, he, he made <laughs> he made his film debut with Bert I. Gordon's Necromancy, Necromancy, which features Orson Welles and Michael Ontkeen from Twin Peaks. Oh, I love Ontkeen, yeah. Yeah, uh, otherwise uh, Bert I. Gordon, otherwise known as Mister Big. And then he did, and I think this is where the influence comes. He did a lot of Warner Brothers Looney Tunes stuff in the early '80s, and mm. I think you you hear a lot of that 
In well, he also time. did. He also did the uh, the the 1999 classic starring uh, a Star Wars alum. Uh, maybe actually, well, I guess the the video game had a Star Wars alum, but Wing Commander. Yes. Anyone ever see that? I I didn't see it in the show, but uh, I believe which was it? Episode one was attached. Episode yeah. one. So I remember I snuck in because I refused to watch Wing Commander. Yeah. <laughs> I snuck in just to watch the trailer, and I sat in the front row, and then I walked out. <laughs> So depressing that Mark Hamill's in that, and he's like the fifteenth build. Hey, Unreal. you know he had the last laugh, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, as you know, I, I, Freddie Prince Jr. ended up becoming a, a, a major character on uh, on Rebels. So yeah. that's another connection. I, I want Matthew yeah. Lillard, Matthew Lillard to show up yeah. on Rebels. They should just if they revive the gang. That'd be great. I just I got I got a comment earlier. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston yelled out. We gave him the gold, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I. Why? Why is that not like a famous, <laughs> famous like, leprechaun? Quote? Why is that not a a famous GIF? Yeah. What is with her jean shorts? By the way, or is it like they were ripped and then she stitched together like other cloth on it? Like what the fuck? Well, that was a look. You know, her character is a really savvy, and I think she probably <laughs> definitely. Uh, you know, tweaked her shorts uh, with some floral patterns because that was all the rage in the early 90s. Yeah, it was a grunge, you know. It's like, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to listen to Pearl Jam verses and I'm going to rip my, my shorts. So in Leprechaun lore, mm-hmm. you have to shine shoes? Well, they're usually shoemakers. They're, dirty? They're, they're, they're usually shoemakers. So this is kind <laughs> of a, they're taking a little liberty with the actual lore. Are you fucking so? This is the way they distract him is they keep throwing shoes. Yes, this is so fucking perverse. I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, this is when they're like the 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 franchise, like the film at least, is thinking like, all right, we got to kind of inject some humor in this a little bit. You know, it's not just enough that we got Warwick Davis, you know, making some one liners. Let's come up with some really perverse rules to really you stress. Know, I, I will say, aside from the special effects of the leprechaun appearing and, and, oh and disappearing. Oh my God, Marty McFly. He, uh, this feels like an 80s like horror flick. This feels like a 1988 Doesn't horror it? movie. Yeah. Even though it was 93. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that, that's that Trimark style. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, oh God, the, the, the silhouette and the fence is classic. Uh, that's probably one of the best sight gags in the thing, and then the the fast oh, motion. Well, wouldn't you say? Time. You know, we I talk about this a lot, and we talked certainly about it on on Friday Thirteenth because you know it's right on the cusp of the decade. But like, it takes a while for decades to find itself, you know. And right. I feel like horror didn't really find itself for the '90s until like with Scream. I well, mean, it's because it, I think horror is notoriously so low budget mm-hmm. that they're. Everybody, they're just—it it is like stylistically, like with clothes and stuff like that. They're always just a little bit behind because they can't afford, yeah, the newer stuff. Because like, doesn't Maybe? the early stretch of the '90s horror films feel like? I, I bring this metaphor up all the time, so I apologize. But doesn't it feel like the like the 5 a.m. part of a party of to the '80s? Like the early, the, like the stretch from like 1990 to like 1995 feels like. The the tail end of like a great party at like five or six in the morning when like everyone that's really essential is kind of left and you're kind of left with like 
you know, maybe some folks that are around maybe having like a couple of good conversations, but for the most part, everyone's pretty well aware that like it's time to go home. I think you're pushing it with 95 only because I'll give you that till about 92 with the whole I'll turn a rock uh, grunge movement. But then from like 93 to 96, I mean, definitely with horror, but I think it was because. Yeah, no, just, horror specifically. Just horror, horror specifically, specifically. is just yeah. that. If there's a reason for it, it was that the filmmakers just figured out that they could make more money making these mm-hmm. movies cheaply and sending them to the home video. I mean, I guess you could argue that 94 with like New Nightmare kind of was like the soft opening salvo for what 90s horror was going to be like. But like it just it didn't really feel like anything really came into like horror came into its own. It's like 96 with Scream because it had hit it eclipsed into the mainstream again. I can't argue with that. No, you know it's weird. Like I, I just like because I, I remember like every other horror film that I would either rent or go see in theaters. I actually, you know, I snuck into a bunch in the nineties, but like it was dead, you know. And then all of a sudden, Scream comes out, and you couldn't. You'd have to fucking get your tickets ahead of time. Like, like it's just you know, night and day. I, I I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but Scream. Like, I, I'll, I'll take Scream. I'll, oh yeah, I'll take having to get my my tickets in, in line because that really breathed some life into the, it. Did the well, franchise. okay. Yeah. So we talked a lot about what had come out in ninety two and ninety three. Here's some of the films that came out, horror films that came out in nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. Phantasm three, Night of the Le- Le- Demons two. I like Phantasm three. That's I like my, Phantasm. 3, that's my favorite like, of the sequels. Honestly, God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of the sequels, I guess. I, I yeah, yeah. I would agree. Three is better than two for sure. Yeah. Puppet or puppet. Ugh. Pumpkinhead 2, Bloodwings, Puppet Master 5, uh, Return of the Boogeyman, which is, is a... You're not, you're not getting some good, you're not getting some good examples here. Watchers of- 3, Witchcraft 6, like... Yeah. But then, but this was another era for prestige horror, because remember... I was going to say, yeah. 92, you have Dracula, 94, mm-hmm. you've got Wolf, mm-hmm. which I you think... You also have Interview uh, the Vampire. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yep. With De Niro, right? Uh, yes yeah so mm-hmm. there was no i think it was more so that there was no middle ground well it was more fringe i mean like i i remember going to see brain scan on like a tuesday night with my aunt and there's like maybe like two other people there and i thought that was still like an alternative style movie and it's just i don't know i i, I can't decide what i like more do I like the post-96 horror? Do I like the pre-96 horror? I think as I get older, I like the pre-96 horror. I'm a pre-96 guy, but that's just because I like old shit and I want to live in a different world. I just like weird <laughs> shit. Like, I, I just think like the things that like that don't follow trends and just are experimenting. Like there's But these weird... were all trends, too. Like, this was all, you know... Because here's the thing. You know what the big influence on early 90s horror is? If you watch, Even if you watch some of the uh, scenes from Leprechaun, particularly uh, with the point of view Steadicam going through the woods and the mm-hmm. crawling hand, like all these movies are trying to be the Evil Dead. Oh yeah, and, and even yeah. more so Evil Dead Two because they're trying to inject that wry sense humor. of humor into it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes... I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever get an era like the early '90s ever again, though. Uh, don't count it out. I mean, there's there's all sorts of junk out there. There's there's all sorts of junk on Amazon right now, and I don't know if I don't enjoy it as much because I'm older, because I feel like I've seen it all, or if I don't take the chance to watch it. All right, that's funny. The leprechaun on the wheelchair, that's good. But, I mean, think about the type <laughs> of junk that we're getting. The, the type of junk that you got in the early 90s still probably had more budget and support than any junk today. 
I mean, my biggest complaint, like I think I mean, that's because. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go. You go ahead. I'm, I was going <laughs> to say. I, I think that's because now anybody with like you know a, yeah. a Canon camera can make a movie. That's a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and the, and 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 uh, the software to edit films is so much more available. I think you know you can just kind of like go in your backyard and film a horror film. So. You don't you and know, get it seen. I mean, yeah. think more importantly is get it seen because there was a ton of shot on video horror movie that pe- horror movies that people did throughout the eighties and nineties, but nobody got to see it. You showed it on mm-hmm. your public access station. Yeah. Maybe you sold the bootlegs at a convention, but now all you have to do is, if <laughs> you're not worried about making money, put it on YouTube. Yeah, and but I think the biggest problem is, and I don't, I don't know if maybe there was more craft to it back then or what is that that I have with a lot of horror like modern extremely low budget to extremely low budget or is that there is either no aesthetic or it's everything is just drenched in neon lights yep. there's no middle ground like, just i mean give me there is sha- give me some shadows give me some yeah. fog everything doesn't have to be brightly lit and i i love neon but it doesn't need to be every movie it doesn't you don't need to have yeah. a carpenter synthesizer exactly. score on everything well just because you put on a well, schlocky even... carpenter score and have some fucking neon and say that it's 1988 <laughs> doesn't make it look like a movie from 1988 you know Oof, god sorry this uh the the police baton in the eye got me uh you know <laughs> strong even little fella. the carpenter films you know they might have had a synth score but they weren't like drenched in neon. No, right? no. I mean, I mean, they like weren't. Dean Cundy. Like, like, I know. We need we need more Cundys out there. Oh God, just bring them just back. Use it. Use, but no. Like, who's the new young guys? Like, use some shadow. Use uh, some light. Use yeah. some fog. Give it some atmosphere. I. Well, that's why I, I was excited for Adam Weingard when he came on the scene. You know, I mean, yeah, he started yeah, out I'll really strong. That. I think, uh, like, your next had some great aesthetics, like the guest. I mean, even the shots that I'm seeing of like this Godzilla versus Kong movie, I'm like, all right, so there's there's clearly a guy that has an eye for some sort of aesthetic and detail. I don't know if he <laughs> there's delivers. There's a lot of neon in that trailer too, though. There know, is. There's a lot sequence. of neon. <laughs> I am sometimes it works. Sometimes it. it doesn't. Like, there's no yeah. neon in this movie. I don't know if I can say Leprechaun works though. <laughs> okay, Leprechaun question: <laughs> okay. Has anyone here ever found a four leaf clover? Good question. Just, Mac. just on the on the fly, like there's got to be one in this patch. Would you ever <laughs> be able to find one for real? I don't think they don't exist, right? They're not real. Right? That's what I thought. But then you see things online. No, no. Then again, you, you see everything them. online. You can find them. You can buy. I don't them have eBay, the patience. Probably. I don't have the patience to go through all that. I, I, I don't know if I'd actually look. I mean, now, I mean, if there was a killer leprechaun and I had to find one, yeah, I'd have to drive to get to find one. But uh, yeah. I, I like how they made the the four leaf clover like a cross to a vampire in this. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice. Like, I always thought that the the leprechaun would uh, appreciate the four leaf clover. It just seems like his thing. I remember waiting around for my parents to pick me up, and like you know, and you're sitting there on the corner, and there's like some weeds and grass, and maybe you see some you know clovers. And at that point, when you have like nothing to do, this is pre cell phone. Maybe I didn't have a book or some shit like that. <laughs> Pre-cell phone. And, like, I didn't have, like, a, you know, a copy of, like, you know, electronic gaming num- monthly or something. And I would, like, look around like Jennifer Aniston is doing right now. And and there was a part of me that was, like, I got to find one. 
You know, there's got to be one in here. I never found one. I, I never think did. you could find them. I think you can find them. Well, you should go to Ireland. Your life. <laughs> what would you do if you found one? You'd just be like, all right, well, here you go. Well, I'd go, then I'd go find a leprechaun to put it on a box to keep him in. Steal all like, his gold keep him at bay. Invest like, in hey, GameStop. Well, yeah. yeah. Invest in GameStop, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, be like, hey, were, were you in a, were you in Willow? <laughs> you got to believe. Ooh. What is this movie? <laughs> Unreal. That, the, the, like, it's all over the place. And that's the thing. I think that's why it doesn't work. Like, it just kind of moves from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. There's, they really got, they, oh, really yeah, it does yeah. feel like they're making the mythology and the rules up on the fly. They get a little too precious. You know, like, you, you just make a fucking hand movie. I mean, that, that's why I love about the sleep, the, the Slumber Party Massacre movies, you know? It's trash. It knows it's trash, and it has fun with it. Like if that if this movie did that, I think this movie would be more successful. Because I like Warwick Davis's performance. Like oh as, yeah, he's for, the best part. As over the top and silly it is, but I, I, I don't know what kind of movie he would work better in. Maybe just a more uh, lean plot. I, I think the best. I, I honestly, having seen the majority of, I haven't seen the second Leprechaun in the Hood, but I've seen Space, which is awful. Um, and Leprechaun in the Hood's fine. It, it, I think a lot of it is just the but appeal I gotta of like believe, the, you know. He, I got to believe he, he, he's given his all in all those movies. He right? does. The best, I would say, like, in terms of e- everyone the getting the tone right, <laughs> three. Yeah. Where it's in Vegas, it's perfect. Because it's Vegas is already like campy by design. And it's an old Vegas. It's not new Vegas. And it's fun. It, and it's fucking crazy. They have some horror icons that are in it, including the star of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I can't, I know we forget her name. Caroline um, Williams. Yes. And it's fun. It's, it's, it's the perfect tone. That's the one I would rewatch over and over again. I haven't watched I, two in a while. Though. I think I'm going to blow through them all or at least try to this oh, year. You're going to join Peacock. Huh? I, <laughs> I, I, I signed here. up today. I signed up today. Uh-uh. Dragging my you know, feet on that one. I thought you had to pay for um, it. Kind of love the fact that he uh, pulled off his uh, buckle on his shoe and used it as like a brass knuckle of a situation. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, um, who is it, Data from the Goonies? You know, he's got like a lot of like cool things on oh, him yeah, that yeah. he can use. <laughs> Ingenious. <laughs> Pretty Maybe good. Maybe have a crossover here. Data. Yeah, this is a very uh, gremlin-y melting Gremlins, stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, oof. Yikes. Oof. Such a stupid I have to say, movie. I wouldn't be drinking water from that well. No, not, not anytime soon. I hope Dolores Claiborne's not down there either. <laughs> what, um, uh, I hope, Stupid. Uh, I don't even. I haven't uh, even read the story, so I don't even know what the hell. Baby Jessica's the down that well. That's a reference oh. to Baby Jessica. <laughs> oh God. Sting's gonna be down that well. That's a reference to The Simpsons. Um. <laughs> I gotta say, not a lot of kills in this movie. No, because uh, all the the principal leads uh, survive. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, this is kind of. I, I, I kind of consider as a kid. I consider the leprechaun a failure. Then he's not a good villain. He fails because he's not uh, because he's not a killer. I no. mean, he's tortured these people this entire movie. He has, but he hasn't killed. There's something too many. to be said there. I mean, he did he, get his gold. He got his gold, but he, he, look, if you're gonna, we t- we've been talking about it all episode or all commentary. If you're gonna pair him up with the, the Jin from the the Wishmaster, Wishmaster's gonna <laughs> clean him. Fucking Jin just kills everyone left and right. I mean, I, I remember he goes to the Gap and he turns people into like mannequins. Like this guy. <laughs> well, the Jin has novice. no. 
Jin has no rules, really. He has no rules. <laughs> the Jin can do what he likes to do whatever he wants. I will say also, the Jin also has a movie maniacs figure. So how about that? He's got a one-up on the leprechaun. That's true. I have that that figure for some reason. It's it's wild to me to think that in my house right now, in a fucking container somewhere, a gin figure is taking up space in my apartment. <laughs> I can't can't fucking believe it. Will I ever pull it out to sit next to my Doctor Loomis, Jason, Freddie, and Michael figures, and I guess Snake Plissken? Oh, oh, you have to. Well, you, you you'll you'll bring him out one week. I'll bring the gin out. The yeah, Master. we could sit so, next to Marty McFly. They go on adventures. It's a nice crane shot, right? These there. police came uh, pretty late. <laughs> To yeah. the game here. Well, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, I don't know how a well sets on fire, but uh, well, I'll be damned. Me spell. Well, there you have it. What an abrupt ending. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just not. I like that supervising producer Jim Begg gets before the entire cast. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> the only time that Warwick Davis would ever usurp Jennifer Aniston. Because, like, honestly, what is it? 15 months eh, it's about almost two years friends comes on because it's like september of 94 friends gets on yes it does so this is yeah about a yeah almost two. Uh, i mean when did they actually shoot this though because she looks very young i yeah. mean well if it came than, out even in friends so maybe maybe it was a couple years two or three years before you think no i think they well, shot it the year before well they friends 93 the, so they would have been shooting it in 92 so Friends wasn't okay, so anticipated to be this huge show. Like uh, Bill Lawrence was recently on the Rewatchables, and he talked about how um, he joked around how like him and Clooney would play basketball, you know, every other day. <laughs> and he would joke. He joked on the episode saying like the fact that we were playing pickup games of basketball on a on a weekday says everything about where our success was in Hollywood. And he said the last time that he played with Clooney, they both were like, "Oh, what do you got going?" And Clooney's like, ah, I don't know. I got to some, you know, some bullshit hospital show that I'm working on. What do you got? And he's like, ah, I don't know. A bunch of yuppies in New York. And it turns out to be the two biggest shows in the 90s. Like, I don't hey, think anyone really knew. Do. I, you know, I remember watching Friends when it first came on. And I, I remember, like, there was a big, big buzz about, the, about it because I think it was coming on. Was it right after Seinfeld or Friends would be on at seven? Yeah. Then they would have another show, which at least one point was the single guy, which is a show I enjoyed. Then eight o'clock was Seinfeld. Then there'd be another show. And then there was ER. Now I don't know what was oh, and ER was taking the spot of LA Law, which yeah. was a big hit. Right, right. Which had run down by then. But Friends was taking the spot of something, or it was just kind of like Was it the Cosby it was show? Kind of, it was kind of like thrown out there like it was gonna be the next big thing. Now, granted, they do that with every single show, yeah, but I, I remember as a kid being very gullible <laughs> and listening to the promos <laughs> and going, <laughs> oh, I've got to watch this. I've got to watch this. Hey, hey, George Lucas got a special thanks. Wait, really? Uh, and, How about that? <laughs> and I, I just remember watching that show and uh, really digging it. I think I knew I knew from the, from the first episode. That oh, I was really? You, you were, you were, I, liked, I was an early I did know. Hollywood I was an Mac early adapter here. to Friends as well. Like, I, I just... I was obsessed with shows about young, cool people living in the city. That was just what I was into. I, nine, nine, 14 years old. I think it is because I hung out with my my older cousins, and they were like so purely Generation X that they just 
rebelled against that show. They scoffed and just, at Friends. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it. I'm not well, there were definitely this. two kinds of people well, in the 90s. That people who thought the Friends gang was cool and yep. people who knew that they weren't. And that's the, the people that, that thought they hated it were the ones that like probably got me onto Seinfeld, which is why I'm such a cynical asshole. Like, I, but I, I was, think... I was an early dad. Well, I was Seinfeld already too. watching Seinfeld. Yeah, I was already really into Seinfeld. So I think the thing was, though, for me was romanticizing the idea that you didn't have to get married right out of college or, or, or in your yeah. <laughs> senior year of high school. And it was very much like, oh, because friends kind of paved the way where it was like, okay, you don't have your life figured out. You go after college, you go out into the world and you live your life for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you get married at the end of that and you just hang out with your friends and you extend that period of like hang time. And I feel like a lot of us have done that, you know, yeah. I mean? like a lot of us live that, you know, for like, you know, I don't know, eight, 10 years. So I've been fucking Leprechaun, around for 20, 1990, I think. 1993 <laughs> Leprechaun. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Mac, hope what do you, you think? It. Your first run. Uh, yeah, did you, you ever, think? you know, I've got, I've got the movie for 46 more hours. <laughs> I might watch it again and, and really soak it in. Um, but, but I'm looking here. We got two, three, four. Hood, back to the mm-hmm. back to the hood, T H A, and then we got Leprechaun Returns and Leprechaun Origins. Yeah, I might just continue this watch. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, I applaud you for doing that. Your brother went through every Saw entry. Um, <laughs> I followed him, much to my chagrin. Um, you know, and eventually we'll probably get to all the Saw movies on the Patreon. It's only going to be a Patreon franchise. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, never going to be in the main feed. And I imagine the Leprechaun movies are never going to be in the main feed. And probably not to the degree that we're going to be doing on, a, like, a rental. I think – I would imagine that the Leprechaun films for us will probably be, like, always an aisle. Right? I mean, I can't imagine just sitting there. I say we like do that. one every uh, – let's do our one every St. Paddy's Day. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, um, well, this look is... forward to watching Leprechaun Two next year. <laughs> yeah, well, I do too. And it's and maybe we, we it's the same trio, and we always we get a different caller in. You know, maybe we get uh, the director of the sequel to come on. That'd be great. You know. Oh yeah, maybe. You know. Um. Well, hey, this has been fun. Um, I hope all of you out there got some great lessons, not only from Leprechaun, but from the action figure distribution across America, and then also, um, where Jennifer Aniston would go on to become, you know, blockbuster actress that we know her today. And you got to hear from Mark Jones and you got to hear all the trivia we would never want to know from Mark Fulton <laughs> to Robert High Gorman to, you know, Ken Allant. I mean, we went all in and we went to an, another galaxy far, far away that we know as the Star Wars universe. So I, I thought we did it all. I, I don't think we left anything off. Of, I don't think we left any coin. We even talked about uh, sneakers. We did. Oh, popular God. sneakers in the 90s. <laughs> We talked about popular sneakers, but we didn't talk about uh, Barry Levinson sneakers, which is uh, a film I love and um, oh, great film. Yeah, hey, if you're if you're a witch patron, uh, request us to do sneakers for the rental. That would be a fun yeah. little uh, detour for us. I be- I could be wrong on this, but I think Sneakers was one of the first films where the press kit went out on a floppy disk. Oh God, I'd believe it. You know, that whole movie is very uh, technologically advanced. It's pretty cool. I mean, uh, great cast. What can I say? Redford, Strayden, Ackroyd, River Kingsley. Phoenix. Phoenix, River, yeah. River Phoenix. I love River Phoenix in that movie. Mary McCormick. Ben Kingsley. Sidney Poitier. 
A pre-species Ben Kingsley. How about that? <laughs> James, uh, brilliant James Earl Jones cameo. Hey, I'm. I, you know what? I forgot let's, let's James Earl it. Jones is in that. Let's oh do my it. God. Commentary. Uh, well, this has been a lot of fun. I, it I really had, has. I love doing probably, these. I love this doing these my commentaries. I, I, look, if I had to rank all the aisles that we've done so far, I really love Gremlins. I loved Halloween. This was a lot of fun, though, because I, I felt like that we all – it's an era that we grew up in, and I think that out of all the aisles that we've done, is this the most modern one that we've Are you done? Are for real? No, no, I am. No, no, seriously, because I, this is like one of the first ones that we've done for the aisle where it really came from our generation. Uh, that's you know? true. I mean, although I'll, although I had a lot of fun, I feel like this is the only aisle where I think we talked about the movie the least. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But no, that's not true because it always gets off on something else. Uh, I, know, I don't know. I know. That's true. That's true. I know. It always feels I, like it more until you actually listen to it. You're like, oh, you talked. We talked just enough about Leprechaun. Yeah, <laughs> we talked well, about Leprechaun as much as we needed to. Exactly. <laughs> And that's kind of how I hit all the I hit all the these. trivia I wanted to get on my notes. I got my whole thing about Trimark Pictures. That's all I was concerned hey, with. I applaud you, Mike, for bringing all that knowledge for Trimark. <laughs> you know, um, well, I will say if we're going to be using the metaphor of us being in the theater, this is literally where the jagoffs, to borrow from you, Mike, that <laughs> sit and talk in the movie theater. Oh God! And everyone's already left. And it's the late showing, and you know everyone that's working there is like, get Just these fucking go assholes out of here. So look, we got to <laughs> leave. You know, grab your popcorn, your belongings, and head to the uh, to the exits because it's time to go home. Hashtag Semisonic closing time. I hope that uh, we didn't make you too uh, a little hungover for tomorrow. Uh, but if you do, um, just get, you know, get some potatoes, get some eggs, have a nice Irish breakfast for yourself because you shot of Jameson you earned it. Get a shot of Jameson in there, too. Mike, actually, what do you think is the best hangover breakfast to have? Oh, hangover breakfast? I, like, including booze? Mm-hmm. Oh, because I, 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 even as a drinker, it's hard for me the next day to, you know, do that hair to dog thing. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, a Bloody Mary mm-hmm. with a little little Pilsner for a chaser. And then, uh, I mean, classic steak and eggs. Yeah. That's a good one. Oof, a good gosh, one. I'm so starving right now. <laughs> well, go get some food, have some fun, and just know that on this St. Patrick's Day, we all got lucky. We'll be seeing you next month in the aisle. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs> 